1: Hi there. This is Martin Popoff, Scribbler of 85 Heavy Metal Books, and host of History in 5 Songs with Martin Popoff podcast. When I need to get my kiss fix, I listen to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Listen to us both on the Pantheon Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Check them out.
0: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout it out loud cast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 25. We are calling this one since you've been gone. We experienced and got lost in Hollywood snoring all night long, but that's all right. I said that's all right because we are here now. We're going to get started because we got no time to lose. Wow, Tommy and Zeus, are you guys going to take any accountability to your snoring? I will tell you I was 90%, but you guys got to take some accountability. Um, first of all, I want to give you props
2: on that little intro. I always look forward to how you incorporate the song titles into the intro. Very well done. Uh, as far as the snoring goes with the Kiss Crews, let's be serious. 99.9% is the Poony Brothers. Okay. Right. So I just got to add
1: it. Yes, I snore. Tommy snores. Nothing compared to you two, and we were smart enough to record it.
0: Oh, I don't. Care now about that.
1: you should have recorded me, and then you'd been like, "Oh yeah, fuckhead, listen to this."
0: Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. I don't need proof. I've got the blasted Ooh. out eardrums. I'm good. Oh jeez, yeah,
1: I had to roll over and look at you, and then you would get these violent spasms in your sleep. <laughs> And your hands are stopping, like, proof he's going to grab me. That's probably because
2: he couldn't believe he was making those sounds
1: <laughs> Oh, oh <laughs> and reaching out with his hand. I'm like, ah,
0: I'm telling you, if you were the last one in that cabin with the other three sleeping oh, yeah. <laughs> or if you were the first one to go to the bathroom, fuck it. Just stay up. You're up for the night. Yep. <laughs> That's it.
2: Uh, well, by before, the way, b- I was going to say, before we continue, Zeus, uh, we have to give uh our, our monthly shout out for our intro music to oh. our, our favorite curmudgeon,
3: oh,
2: Tony for your curmudgeon number one. Yeah. He is curmudgeon number one. Let's be serious. He's the he's the gold standard.
1: Yeah, Tony. Uh thank you for the opening music as always. Uh we appreciate it. See, we got it off without fucking any hiccups
2: today. That's right. That's right. Yep. Perfect. So. and so. now it's uh, this is uh it's Rainbow Zeus's pick.
1: That's right. Yep, but before we get into it, what we do, we always go backwards. Last time, no, we're not joking. We did bad English. Oh, nah, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, that was Sonny's pick. Bad English. We, we did a poll, and I think a couple
2: of you voted in it. <laughs> I, think th- I think the three of us <laughs> voted. That was above it. So, yeah. So the poll, we did a bad English uh, self-titled de- debut from 1989. Um, and we always do what's the what's everybody's favorite song. And the options were Forget Me Not, When I See You Smile, Price of Love, and Best of What I Got. And I got to believe the voters pretty much were like, I don't know any of those songs other than When I See You Smile. I'm going to give that 40%. So that was the winner. Forget Me Not. And at 35, Best of What I Got, 15, Price of Love, 10. Um, we got the comments on Bad English were hilarious because you talk about a polarized. There was no middle ground. We were talking about this before we hit record. People either really enjoyed this album or just laughed it just to the other end of the world. Steve DeDisco, his comment, John Waite is terrible. <laughs> Save rock and metal. I was on vacation for a while and didn't get to vote, but mine would have been Forget Me Not. What an incredible album. Wow. Okay, this is Stuart H responds with who cares? That's just wrong. <laughs> Casey Camel goes, I think John Waite cares now. Okay. Kelly and Annie say, I love John Waite's voice and I've been a fan since the babies. All of his bands were so powerful. And that comes from Annie. Here's a good one from Larry Souza. You forgot the who gives a shit button. <laughs> Uh-oh, Don Flamenco. I'm going with Price of Love. One of my favorites not mentioned is Possession. Oh, come on. Oh, it's a great song. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Mike Reese goes, my favorite is the space between all the songs on the <laughs> album. <laughs> and then uh, then we have a couple episode specific comments here talking about the album in, uh, in general. John Schaefer says that he interviewed Jonathan Kane back in 1989 and saw them in Saratoga that night. Says my buddy worked for them getting girls for Neil. Wow. Okay. Uh, Uncle Paulie, I totally respect the Sunny Poony counterpunch to Tom and Zeus for Pearl Jam 10. This seems like he this seems like he may have landed a double ball bag buster with this pick. I love these episodes because you never know what you're gonna get. Looking forward to Zeus going country soon. Oh boy. Our buddy Tony, speaking of him, I knew it'd only be a matter of time before Sonny Pooney dropped this thing on you. He has always loved this CD, and I never understood why. I bet you all are wishing for another four hour docking episode right
0: about now. <laughs> he was, he was in the car every time I would play it. Right. So oh, he'd be like, Oh, you're playing this shit again. I'm like, Dude, it's awesome. What's wrong with you? Oh boy.
2: Todd Harrig, I can't imagine being a friend of Sonny Pooney with his love of Jeff Scott Soto and not hearing this, but I think it's far superior to the bad English record. And then he, then he, Uh, post a picture of I have no idea what the fuck this is soul circus oh yeah 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 that's a Jeff
0: Scott Soto thing it's a great album
2: okay all right cool Ray Farrow now you're just fucking with us (laughs) album picks just get worse but yet I can't not listen this album personifies everything that caused great music to die in the late 80s early 90s they are the Nickelback of the 80s 100% pure garbage I gotta stick up here for a minute for Nickelback Nickelback is far more successful than Bad English, so
0: you're insulting Nickelback by you're not insulting Bad English there. Well, that doesn't make it any better. That just means they're more successful. Yeah, they both suck. That's true. Yeah, you're,
2: you're <laughs> right. right. Nickelback had more than one album that sold, though.
0: Oh, that doesn't yeah, matter. That doesn't mean they suck any less.
2: Yeah, all right, well, let's move on. We don't want to start talking about Nickelback and Bad English. We're gonna the, the I can hear the listeners <laughs> turning us off. Uh, Joel Hoffman, another, an- <laughs> I love Joel, another tough listen on ARC. As much as I love the show and your great entertainment, I didn't get past my comment about Pearl Jam, which was hilarious. Nothing about bad English. I just had no interest. Here's hoping for a good one next time. <laughs> we'll let you decide that
0: one. Well, Joel. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, Stuart H. Again, I'm halfway through this episode and I'm concerned for you guys. Are you <laughs> ill? Why do you keep saying positive things? This album is awful top to bottom. Yet you're still saying nice things. You even keep saying it's rock. I think you need to go to the doctors. Get well soon. Then he po- then he comments again. I just finished the show. I cannot believe how bad that album was. <laughs> I had to go for a drive and blast my grunge playlist. In order to wash the stench off me. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty rough. Uh, and then my then my friend from uh, up here in New Hampshire, Party Joe, he says I've got to find time to listen to this one. I loved Bad English. Saw them at a club in Philadelphia at the time. That said, I think Backlash is a better album. Sonny, you'd be able to tell us whether Backlash is a better album. It's it's more rock. It's a okay. little darker. Um, okay, it's okay. It's okay. All right. All right. Uh, Andy, as a huge Journey, Babies, John Waite fan, this album was a letdown. The rockers were too generic, but I do love a handful of tunes. All right, uh, <laughs> JC, perfect timing. I just picked this up at Goodwill for sixty nine cents. <laughs> Did I overpay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. And uh, we have a uh, we haven't used the Sunny Pony burner account oh, uh, sound in go. a while. <laughs> We, we, have a new, we have a new Twitter friend, and he goes by the name of Sonny Pooney's oh. Terrible Taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one with bad English
1: at the avatar, right? Yeah.
2: And he goes, I thought it would take 10 years before Sonny picked an album this dreadfully bad. And then Sonny, <laughs> you responded with Cradle of Filth will be next. Oh <laughs> our, our good buddy nige another awesome episode gents i knew nothing about this album but i liked it more than i predicted if you're gonna go cheesy you'd better go full cheese i laughed out loud at the harshest burn you've ever delivered quote you're not eddie van halen you're not even cc C. Deville.
3: <laughs> oh
2: god uh our buddy casey campbell again talking about his memories we bought the cassette thought it was a pretty good album he said i think this band might need a reunion uh, unless these guys can't stand each other like kiss i don't know
0: sonny you might know about that they're not, not they're not getting along there uh yeah well yeah. shit kane and sean don't even like each other and then the same band that's so true they're so in the last thing, <laughs> together. They're, yeah, last <laughs> thing is- they're gonna do with another band together <laughs>
2: Then we got a good one here from Clark's side of the moon. It says Jonathan Kane getting ready for the bad English photo shoot. It's the gif of Jerry coming out of the dressy room with the pirate shirt on from Seinfeld. <laughs> That's a great one. Oh God. DR. This is an album worthy of review and it's still a regular listen for me. It's beyond more than when I see you smile. Okay. All right. So you could see people either love this or they hate it. Really no in between. So uh, Zeus, that is Twitter over on the book of face. Tom, Matt Wallace. Great
1: episode. Never got into this band. And now that I listened to this episode, I'm glad I didn't. This is such (laughs) pussy shit that my ears literally started to turn into bleeding vaginas. Oh, no worries. I grabbed two tampons and stuffed them in my ears to stop the bleeding. Wow. Wow. Michael Murphy. Great episode as usual. ARC is always a lot of laughs. I must say, this album is pile of saturated slop. <laughs> the obnoxious use of keyboards and hackneyed lyrics on most of the songs are comparable to the demos Dirk Diggler <laughs> and Reed Rothschild recorded in Boogie Nights. That's a great movie.
0: Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man.
1: Kevin Jepsen. Uh oh guys, I just finished Pearl Jam. Didn't have time to comment. Real quick, Pearl Jam's only good record, half great, half awesome. Porsche and Oceans complete shit. For me, black number one, two, garden alive three. So, anyway, bad English. My god, this is fucking horrible (laughs) in capital letters. (laughs) During listening, my voice got higher, my testicles went north. So bad. Negative nine out of ten. Forget Me Not is the only good song, and it's a good one, but what the fuck, Pony? I would I would rather drink the cover of Load than ever oh. listen to this. <laughs> I almost stopped listening, but I know you guys will put in your humor and save this dumpster fire. Oh,
2: oh boy. Sonny's getting his own barutal served back That's at okay. him. That's okay. It's all
1: it's right. Okay. Bring it on. I know. Ray Farrell jumps in and says, Kevin. I don't know if I would rather drink the cover of Load, but I couldn't agree more. The worst album on the ARC list and the worst choice of an album to review
2: by far. Wow. Look what the cat dragged in sound like Zeppelin, too. Oh, Jesus. I don't know about that. I had bad English ranked higher than what. Look what the cat dragged in. (laughs) Big fan of the poony picks, Ray. Huh? (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Justin Steele. I always love these, but this whole fucking album sounds 80s background music for a teen movie. Yes. How the fuck does anyone like this shit better than Metallica's load? What the fuck? Christ, this album blows ass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Facebook. I thought Twitter was bad. Facebook is open fire. Oh, Uh, my God.
1: This uh, Daniel Peoples. This is a band album I've seen my whole life, but not sure I've ever heard a single note from. I'm not a journey fan, so I stayed clear of almost all connected bands except for Hardline. Double Clips is awesome. Looking forward to the complete unknown. All right. TJ James. Don't even know where to start on this album band. Firstly, oh, can't say Uh-oh. firstly. Nope. Uh, it is an absolute AOR masterpiece. Wow. Since I bought it in 1989. Oof. The band is flawless. The songs are flawless and so are the performances. If it had not been for O'Sherry oh and this album, I would not have loved Journey today. I was 16 when this album came out. It blew my mind then and now. Such a shame, Bad English only lasted two albums and broke up as Backlash was released in 1991. Fantastic band and a fantastic podcast
2: wow first of all thank you for the kind words about the show but you see you see you get a thing like that and that that just shows you people either think it belongs in a dumpster or it's a great album flawless michael anderson never gave this album uh, a chance
1: because of smile it's Mm. better than i thought though jonathan kane's keyboards are overwhelming damn fellas when you said jonathan kane's keytar could fit on jonathan (laughs) (laughs) jonathan Weight's gap. I was <laughs> dying. <laughs> we have something against people's big teeth in the show. I don't know yeah. what it is. Take care of your teeth. It, it happened. It started when that guy started talking about the guy from Britney Fox picking fence teeth or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
2: The who anyway. so was the other guy had like the fucking broken piano keys <laughs> for teeth. They're all just like a mess. <laughs>
1: Who <laughs> the English fucking uh, journalist that died? The music journalist. Oh Mal-
2: Mal- Malcolm Dome, rest <laughs> in peace. That guy was great, but his poor teeth. <laughs> yeah. He was the poster child for Austin Powers. Exactly. Yeah, I think it was based on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: P.S. Sean is a glorified midget. <laughs> Not convinced he doesn't wear a wig now. All right. Oh boy. Uh, Damon Tennant greatest AOR album ever. What, what choice? Oh, just finish your Pearl Jam review. You don't shirk discussing any of the lyrical content from that album, which is important. This was as good an episode that you guys have produced. Wow, Jesus, Paul Yakuber. I think the guitar wasn't Jonathan Kane's idea, it was Neil Sean's. It's something he demands.
2: Check out his work with jan Hammer. Oh, that's Jan Hammer. That's the friggin', jan, that's the, yeah, that, that's the Miami Vice guy. And he's got a picture of the guy fucking rocking a
1: keyboard.
2: Absolutely, he loves that.
1: Excuse me, the guitar. Uh, yeah, Spencer Wetmore. Love is a four-letter word. I thought it was fucked, <laughs> but then I remember Jonathan Kane is a born-again Christian. Um, oh, LP okay. Storlino. Never heard of these guys. Looking forward to this. Uh, Scott Donaldson. Another good episode, guys. Uh, I gotta say, I like Sonny's taste in music. Very similar to mine. This is a good album, but it's probably not one I ever revisit. That's why I enjoy these episodes so much. Zeus killed it with the line from "Out for Justice." Anybody seen Richie? (laughs) Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? (laughs) And we just all went down the list. Hey, whose whose hot dog is this? I see pull a fucking hot dog. Who's the boxer? Who's the boxer? Are you
4: the boxer? boxer?
1: (laughs) That's stupid. I see a lot of boxing memorabilia, (laughs) gloves. Who's the boxer? Are you the boxer? (laughs) You tough? Tough enough? Not tough. He fucking punches the guy in the face. Uh, Robin Lewis. They were great. Saw them open for Whitesnake back in the 90s.
0: Uh, That's 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 quite a double Uh, bill. It was a great show. Was oh, you college. saw it too, Sonny? Oh, yeah, because, oh. well, Whitesnake is coming off of Slip of the Tongue, Here I Go Again, and all those things are big from 87. Yeah, so the, the, the two bands fit well together. Okay.
1: All right. Um, somebody named Maurizio Salvitella. Salvitella. Beyond Brutal. First <laughs> off, Journey. What the fuck? And John, wait, just let me vomit.
2: Okay, tell us how you really feel.
1: Yeah. Over on Loudcasters, Tom, Jason Warden says, We'll have to check this out. My first concert with them, open it for White Steak. Wow. Okay. Uh, Donald Lee Jr. Never heard of them. Okay. Stephen Flythe. Wow. Can't wait to hear this one. Uh, Michael Murphy adds, This band album is a four letter word. Shit. <laughs> and these guys should drop the English from their band name and just go by bad. Um, <laughs> Stephen Wood, Diabolically Bad. Mark Arnold. Can't say I'm a fan of this particular pop stuff, but I'm sure the episode will be worth a listen. Daniel Reeve. Thanks to the guys for reading my comments for the record. Yes, this is better than 10. Also to Sonny for wondering why I took a shot at Maiden while dissing grunge. It's because they have one of the same problems, an inability to write lyrics. Music is supposed to make you feel like the grunge guys. Maiden tries to make you think Uh, instead. I don't want my rock to be the nightly news. Cough, Jeremy, cough. I don't want bad history lessons either. Cough, run to the hills. All
2: the right. obsession that people have with lyrics is just, is that's a. am really learning a lot of, with think, people with that. I
1: think lyrics can break an album. I do too. I'm not sure they can yeah,
0: make I, an album. I, I think it's melody plus lyrics. People keep saying yes. lyrics, but I think they mean melody too. You just never hear most people talk about melody. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree, but, but I mean his comment
2: about you know run to the hills, like that 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 song is fucking iconic. Who cares no, if the, if it's a history yeah, lesson or Sonny's what?
1: got a point. His songs,
2: you may not call them great lyricists
1: for some of the stupid shit. They're not. But Paul has a way of making the absolutely world fit, and it just yeah. it, it just look at all hells breaking loose. Now you can say that's Vinny too,
3: but right. I right, mean,
1: like right. that is incredible. That stuff, it just catches hell. Yeah. Rather than that, go listen to Dylan do his songs. You're like OK, this is nightly news. That's interesting. That's a well-placed thought. But like, I don't want to fucking rock to this shit. That's
2: you know? the thing. It has nothing. That's that's what I'm saying. I'd had the, my, my like or dislike of songs. I don't think has ever, ever come down to lyrics. But oh, yeah, yeah, it it's, could kill it's, something if it's fucking dinosaurs and
1: stupid shit that you're like, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, but I didn't think that song was good musically on peace <laughs> of mind. I didn't think it was
1: bad. Yeah. yeah. It's just well, yeah. in the time when dinosaurs were on. You're like, what yeah, that was pot? bad. Yeah. yeah like, you know, bad. like you are, uh, immediately you think this is stupid.
0: Yeah. So, all right. It, it's it. one of the reasons I like ballads. It's one of the reasons yes. I like lyrics is because, yeah. and I've said it before, it's like telling the story yep. that I connect with. So like, I can kind of feel what this guy's feeling or this gal's feeling. Right. That's when the lyrics super matter to me.
2: I got you there. If the lyrics matter, yes, but but if yeah. the song rocks, if it has a good melody or a hook or or a good chorus, I, the lyrics don't matter to me. But anyways, yeah, because I, you know, I am cool. I am the breeze. Exactly. Um, yes, you Graham are. Graham Richley.
1: perfect album for soccer moms who want to rock.
3: Not, <laughs> not really nothing my wrong style. with that.
1: Soccer not moms wrong. are hot usually. Yeah, hell yes they are. Yeah, especially with their fucking fat ass hips. Uh, not really my style. <laughs> But, but way better than Pearl Jam.
2: That is that is absurd.
1: Your ability to entertain me with hours of talk about shit albums is remarkable. <laughs> One more thing I got for you guys over on our YouTube channel. Uh, Polly the Wog. Okay. Another great episode, fellas. Looking forward to your next episode on John Waite's solo follow up. The underappreciated crawl space with the overlooked singles, Back of My Van. <laughs> And lotion on its skin. <laughs> so I think he's talking about the fact that we said John Wade is creepy.
2: Oh, yeah. Restraining um, order, John Wait. Yep.
1: Yes. Um, JC, watch the video for Forget Me Not before listening to the pod. Settle down, Jonathan Kane, <laughs> with your keytar. Yep. Lamer than Paul Stanley sucking in his fingers in every video. <laughs> uh perpetual art. One of my favorite albums of all time. My girlfriend at the time bought me this album because I'm such a big Journey Neil Sean fan. At first, the keys in the 80s pop mix kind of ruined it for me, but it turned into my favorite album and most listened to for a good couple of years. My favorite tracks are Ghost in Your Heart, Rocking Horse, Forget Me Not, Restless Ones, Price of Love. Saying that, I like the whole record. Second record was a dud, except for Time Stood Still, and So This Is Eden. OK, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am at a loss, but, you know, we're glad that you like the album. That works. You know, Tom, that's what I got. You got any emails?
2: All right. We got I got a couple emails. Sonny's got a couple emails. I'm going to start off with our good buddy, Craig Moran. Hey, guys, love this week's episode. When I saw the podcast pop up, I was psyched. I first discovered this band when the video for Forget Me Not came to MTV prior to the album's release. I recognized John Waite and Neil Sean, but didn't know who the band was. It didn't help that when they showed the video, it never even had the band or album credit. Once I figured out who it was, I immediately got the album when it came out. I really like about 75 to 80% of the album. The rest is just okay. I loved Zeus's admonishing Sonny's love of possession. At one point, he sounded like he was actually going to vomit. I had one of the other 11 copies sold of their second album, Backlash. I ended up selling it to someone for pizza money in college. As for a band who is known for one song that is not characteristic of the rest of its catalog, Extreme takes the prize with more than words. I don't think anyone else comes close. It's a good one. Uh, And I I cannot second Sonny's recommendation of Revolution Saints enough. Dean is a fucking monster of a drummer, and I can't understand how he was a musician for decades before anyone realized he could sing. His voice is amazing. The albums are essentially what Journey could sound like if they wanted to get a little heavier. Arnell from Journey even sings on one of the tracks on the first album. Dean is also back at Journey. Anyway, you guys are great. And remember, tough times don't last. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. And we got another one here from uh, our friend from Finland, Yanni Aslak Rossinen, if I'm pronouncing that right. We always try to do our best there. After listening to your wonderful album review on Pearl Jam Classic, Bad English was a tough one. It was a fun episode as usual, but the song clips were pure agony to get through. The shitty songs just kept coming. That assault of wimpiness made Poison sound rockin'. For me, it was bands like Dawkin, Poison, and Bad English that made early 90s grunge and punk bands sound relevant. Like Vinnie Vincent's guitar solo, Bad English represents all things wrong with late 80s. Super cheesy production, 56 lame keyboards on every song, bubblegum pop disguised as rock, solo singing, cliche-infested lyrics, and nothing about nothing that matters. Maybe because I'm finished, this sounds like music for a soda commercial on American TV. It just doesn't resonate with me. I don't think Bad English sold more than three and a half records in Finland, and I, of all people, own one of them. I got it as a present from my grandma, who owned a record store for 40 years. Wouldn't have bought it with my own money. I went and pulled out my copy just to look at it, not to listen. I found out I had tried to get rid of the album at some point and had a flea market price tag on the cover. The price was two euros, which is about three U S dollars. I guess nobody here wants the album. Still. The episode was great. The versatility of the album picks is something I enjoy and appreciate. It keeps the podcast interesting. So keep up the good work. Finland will be listening. Even when you review shitty albums by irrever irrelevant bands, all the best from Finland. Oh yes. That's a great one. Yanni. Thank you, buddy. Great stuff. Great stuff. And, uh, We'll finish up here. Sonny has a couple emails himself to read.
0: Yeah, so we got one from Mike H. When this this album came out, my local station played the shit out of When I See You Smile. I bought the CD because being familiar with most of the band members, I thought this song was a standard ballad and the rest of the album would rock out a little more. Boy, was I wrong. I listened to a few times but had to stop for fear of becoming a diabetic. (laughs) Way too much keyboard and it seemed like they had... Neil tied up in the corner, threatening him with physical harm if he played anything that even resembled rock music. Oh, good. Okay, right. good one. And then the last email we got from Doug Milton. Bad English is not bad, was the title. Hello, fellas. The Bad English review was simply outstanding. Flat out the best album you have reviewed so far. Okay, oh, dear I didn't God, that one, is, That's insane, Doug. I was going to post my feelings on Twitter, but didn't want to start a controversy since it seems everyone <laughs> hates the album. The ballads are amazing. And then he's trying to coin a new phrase here. Poony Perfect pick PPP. Oh boy. I guess that would be P cubed. Okay. See, the hard, the heart thing I will tell you, just to wrap up bad English is yeah, like when the rockers are willing to go to the pop charts, I think they'll give like Brian Adams, Billy Joel, John Cougar got guy like guys like that, a break. Yep. But then even journey to a point, but then when it starts going to like survivor honeymoon, sweet, yep. lover boy, right. That type of side, which that's the bad English side. Yep. People are love hate with that because some of these guys went to Motley Crue, rat doc and blah. Right. Yep. So it just kind of depends on if you're willing to, you know, give it a try and if it hits you. That's all yeah. it is. And it's, it, it's love-hate. There ain't a lot of middle with this stuff. No.
2: And 89 was, like a lot of people said, and we said it during the review, 89 was a very, very interesting time for music. A lot of bands are trying to find their way with the transitioning to the electronic stuff, the keyboards, the, the pop melodies, the MTV, the AOR genre stuff. So it was, it was, it was a weird time for a lot of bands, especially I mean, even bands we love. I mean, I talk about Kiss. and Rush had a couple weird things going on around that time. So there was, there was a lot of money to be made,
0: right? Yeah. If you got that right song, yep. you sell 4 million records. Yep. Absolutely. People right. would kill this felt 4 million records right now. That's right. That's right.
2: <laughs> so that was bad English. And now it's time for Rainbows. Down to Earth. Ooh. Zeus, this is your pick. Kick it off, brother.
1: Rainbow. So um, let's get started. I don't want to give. Rainbow has so many changes in the band itself that we could get into details for hours. I always found that Rainbow, Deep Purple, and White Snake—like I think everybody, there's been like five people have been in each band. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And then you throw in Black Sabbath, and you throw in Ozzy, and you can do that Kevin Bacon shit all day long. Yep. Um. So never really got into Deep Purple but I remembered rainbow from MTV early days. I remembered stone cold. I remembered can't happen here. And then I started getting into and buying their albums when I was young. So around the early kiss time around me getting Bon Jovi stuff, I got rainbows, final vinyl. And I didn't realize that half of that shit was, you know, well, most of that shit was live. And, and, What's great about final vinyl is how I like to do our live picks and stuff because it has live songs from all three of their singers. Dio, Bonnet, and JLT. So it's a, it's an all-encompassing uh, live kind of retrospective of the band. Well, anyways, I got into Since You've Been Gone. Then the video, I caught the video on MTV. I got into All Night Long. And I always remembered those songs and they were always kind of there for me. And I always had final vinyl, but I never really got into the, the, the song. And then when like by time college comes around and YouTube comes around and I started going back and listening and watching the videos, I'm like, whoever fucking sings those two songs and those two videos, that's the guy I want to fucking get the album for. So the first album I ever owned studio album of Rainbow was Down to Earth Um, and it was Graham's only uh, album for Rainbow and I listened to it from front to back loved it Um, and then obviously because we've talked about it I, I love JLT, I know you do and then I started getting into the other albums. The last of the albums I got into were the Dio albums and I'm, you know, we always joke about oh fucking Dungeons and Dragon rock and all that fucking shit and stuff. And I, I mean you can't go wrong with anything. Uh I, I even love the, the D.O. albums. Uh, it's a little bit different. It's three different bands. You got the D.O. Rainbow, Bonnet is the is the mic, mixture of both. And then the JLT really popish rainbow. Um, I feel like this album is a nice middle ground between both of those genres. I I mean, I like Dion. I love those three albums that he did with them. Uh, The original Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, Rainbow Rising, and Long Live Rock and Roll. But after a while, it's like, dude, who's the sorcerer in this? Oh, the wizard did what? Oh, we we need to do what to the dungeon? Like, like, come on, dude. I mean, his voice is incredible. This is more my wheelhouse, and supposedly um, this is where Richie and Ronnie had their problems. Richie wanted to go to a more uh, rock, classic rock, and foreigner, and it's actually quoted foreigner type music, which became popular. And uh, Deal just was like, "I don't write nonsense. That's I like things that are intelligent and thoughtful." Dude, you write Dungeons and Dragons stories let's fucking be like who are we kidding and Graham doesn't last uh, we'll, we'll get into that part but and then JLT comes in for three real commercial and awesome albums I mean there is not an album that I don't like from Rainbow and so every time when I pick this with you guys you're like which one is that and I'm like that's the middle one that's the Graham Bonnet one Um I could have picked any one of them. I could have picked, you know, the obvious choice, Rainbow Rising, which is like a cult hit, or I could have picked any of those JLT ones that everyone knows the songs and singles from. They're all excellent. But I decided to go with this because this is my sentimental one. And I thought it's a little bit different. And it's much maligned for the people that love Dio. They're like, oh, that's the commercial since you've been gone. Shit. ah." Listen to the rest of the album. It's not fucking poppy JLT shit that people expect. Um, I can get into the background of the band, but that's where I came into Rainbow. And I just wanted to bring this one out because everyone knows Dio for Rainbow and everyone knows the JLT stuff. Graham Bonnet's not as big, but the fact that Rainbow, in my opinion, had these three singers, I don't know. I love them all. I think they're all a little bit different. I think they're all excellent. And I think it worked with all of them. They're just three different
0: bands. So for me, I'm coming into music in 84. You know, Zeus was talking about Purple and Coverdale. I'm coming into Whitesnake at that time. <clears throat> so Coverdale is kind of what led me to Purple. It wasn't Deal that led me to Rainbow. It was actually Joe Lynn Turner. So it was actually Odyssey. So I get Odyssey. I'm a huge Momstein fan, and I really liked Joe's voice. So I'm like, all right, Joe must have other stuff out there. And, you know, there's no Google and Schmoogle and, you know, you can look at the magazines, but the magazines don't tell you what you need to know. And this stuff isn't in a library somewhere, right? So you're really taking the, whatever your friends tell you kind of as the gospel. So some friend tells me, Hey, this was the guy that was in rainbow. So I'm like, all right. So I go into my rabbit holes. Like I usually do try to go acquire all things, rainbow, to see if I can find other Jolin Turner stuff I would like. Local uh, record store here called Rasputin's. They had like five or six locations at the time. They were really the first ones to start selling used stuff, right? So I would go to the used bins every once in a while if I wanted to try something, almost like the old school Spotify. Like, let's go to Spotify, listen to a couple of songs, right? It's like, I don't want to spend a bunch of money, but if I'm going to go kind of discover stuff, maybe I can get a CD or something for two, three bucks and try it. So, I get this CD, and it's down to earth. It is the only Rainbow CD I own because after listening the first time, I never bought a Rainbow CD again because I'm like, that is this, this not. This is going to be great. Fucking Jolene Turner. Yeah. The fuckers lied to me. That is not Jolene Turner. So until three weeks ago, this CD has been sitting in the archives for the last thirty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm love it so there you go all right so for me so
2: my introduction to rainbow i had always heard about rainbow um and i knew about dio but in, but i really got hooked into rainbow again like most of us jlt love joe linterna you know go back and listen to our odyssey episode with him doing the vocals on odyssey love it stone cold that whole stuff loved it um love his voice love that version of rainbow then i was like wait a minute that, that's rainbow isn't that the band with dio And I loved the Dio stuff, you know, man on the silver mountain, you know, kill the king, like all all that, all that kind of crazy, you know, epic dungeons and dragons kind of stuff that we always fantasy kind of rock. I thought black was really like an awesome guitarist, like just really, really unique stuff. And then I remember hearing since you've been gone, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, that. That says that's rainbow on mtv i'm like who the what the fuck is going on with this band here who is this guy and then i realized that came that was between the dio and joe Turner eras i'm like what the hell happened there and i was like okay it's a pretty good song i'm gonna i'm not gonna get into what i thought about it at that time because we'll do that when we get, get to the track by track um but i've always i've always been a fan of rainbow i mean i, I will admittedly say that you know i'm one of those like guys that Back in the days of CDs, you know, I had Catch the Rainbow, the complete anthology, you know, the, yes. the collection where it pretty yes. much had or it had like it was a double disc. I think it had everything. Yep. And at that time, that was kind of all I needed. Um, so I've always been a fan of Rainbow. How much I'm a fan of down to earth. First of all, I know nothing about this album other than the two songs that people know all night long. And since you've been gone, I've never owned this album. And uh, other than those two songs, I never heard any other song on the album. Um. So you know again, rainbow, I like where I stand with English hard rock, heavy metal is kind of i'm I'm kind of in the middle here because I do not like deep purple um I understand their place in history and respect what they've done, but to me, it just it wasn't heavy enough. The guitars weren't like rocking enough, you know, smoke on the water, woman from Tokyo, you know all the, the burn and highway star it just I just didn't like it um. I like Rainbow. I like a band like UFO. I thought they, they were kind of cool, like an English band. Obviously, I don't even put Zeppelin in that category because bands like UFO and Rainbow and Deep Purple, and they all come from that same DNA, Whitesnake. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of this, and I, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about because, like Zeus said, it's an album that not a lot of people know about because it's kind of buried in between the big years of D.O. and JLT.
1: Well, if you've noticed a habit of mine where I don't pick the obvious album by a band, which I, which I them, love, which it's I like to pick a sentimental. The yep. thing is, though, Deep Purple is in the big three. It's considered part of that big three. Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. Absolutely. Of,
2: so their influence they, and they're, legacy. Yeah, is a, yeah.
1: They're uh, the step ahead. And then you got those other English bands that we talk about. Yep, And Rainbow is in there with. Along with like White Snake and stuff, and mm-hmm. I find like me and those English bands and this type of music, I love early White Snake. Yeah. White Snake, like after Slide It In, I mean, I and I like White Snake uh, self-titled and even Slip of the Tongue. I, I, I mean, I'll go backwards and find like tracks that I like even better. Go listen to fucking Love Hunter album and like, come and get it. It's like my favorite White Snake album. Hint, hint. Yeah. Um, So as far as Rainbow goes in the band, um, as you know, uh, well, let me just give you a quick um, breakdown of Rainbow and how they got here. Okay, so Rainbow was formed after, at some point, um, the, you know, guitar god, Richie Blackmore, got sick of shit in Deep Purple, and he just left. He said, he called this something I'm not even going to repeat. Like Because now Cover Deal comes in, and uh, the bass is now, I'm drawing a blank. What's his name? The bass that sings. Roger Glover. Glover. No, no, no.
2: Oh, Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes. Oh, Glenn in. Hughes. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: And they take it in a more soulful way. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like this shit. I don't like this direction. So he's like, fuck this. And during the touring they were doing, Elf, Dio's band, was opening up. Of course, it's and so Elf. Yeah, of
2: course. (laughs) It was called He didn't help himself. You're an angry elf. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And uh, so he started collaborating with him, and he said, listen, I might do a solo album. I'd like you to work. And they kind of got off secretly and went. I think they recorded the album. I'm not even sure. Their first original Rainbow, when he was still touring with Deep Purple. And then he left. And he basically took Elf, the band, except for the guitar player, and they did Rainbow. Rainbow, uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Yep. Then they became a band, and they do Rainbow Rising, and they bring in Cozy Powell, and the fucking album is a cult hit. Okay, and it it goes, and, and people are like, "Holy shit! Go listen to Stargazer. Go listen to fucking all the other shit that's on there." Um, they continue with Long uh, Live Rock and Roll, and at this point, like I was saying earlier, he wants to get into more rock music. Enough of the Dungeon Dragons. I want to fucking get on. So he wants to go in a more commercial. Him and Dior are fighting. He brings in old bandmate who got fired from Deep Purple, Roger Glover, to come do produce the next album. So Roger Glover's like, he brought me in to produce this album. I've got a fucking singer. Like, I'm going to Ronnie's house and I'm going to fucking his house to talk to him. Like, uh, Ronnie came up with this idea. Uh, Richie came up with this. He's like, And they're like, this fucking sucks. And you can tell that Ronnie wasn't doing anything. Now, on the second album, Cozy Powell came in. So now Cozy, at the end, is at some, you know, the bassist sucks for the band, apparently. And uh, Roger Glover's like, you know what? Rather than teach him what I need him to do to play up to this level, like, I'll just do it as like a ghost player. So he's really there. The only one really left. The keyboardist got kicked out because I think, that was the one that fucking, he used to fucking like haze and shit and tortured. Um, Tony Carey is his name, I think or something. But anyways, um, so all of a sudden Glover is supposed to produce this. The only one there is Cozy Powell. So he comes and does this. And then he's like, we need to find uh, supposedly a singer. Who are we going to get? And they were auditioning people. Supposedly, Brian Johnson auditioned. I don't know if you knew that. Wow. Um, and a bunch of people, and they couldn't find somebody. There was a couple different variations of the story, but apparently, like, someone said, hey, how about the guy from the Marbles? He's got a song out this bit. But fucking Grant Bonnet is a pop singer, kind of like, you know, soft rock, kind of. He isn't a hard rock, heavy metal guy. They're like, okay. Correct. Let's bring <laughs> him in. So they bring him in. He does one song. They taught him. They said, why don't you learn Mistreater? He sings the one song, and they're like, okay, do you want the job? <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. But this is kind of some of the stuff that Graham said when he got hired. He's like, they called me up, and they come in. I never even heard of Rainbow. I didn't even So I bought their albums. I listened to it. His girlfriend says, look at them. They're kind of like raggy looking. He's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, the, who knows what the music's like? Oh, well. And then they listened to the music, and he's like, I don't really like this music, but I'll give it a try. So he even didn't like the fucking rainbow style and rainbow music. And, uh, you know, he got the job. So Roger says his voice was stunning. He was amazing. Um, And he's like, We we need to get this guy. He's the only guy that can do the job. He's the best singer we've heard. Let's bring him in. So if you learn about Richie, apparently, He is beyond fucking quirky, like miserable, a fucking bully, a fucking asshole. It depends on what part of the day. Who's telling the story? He's
2: going on the next kiss cruise
0: with us. Put it that way. (laughs) And he'd still be curmudgeon number two because tone's worse.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) He is just the stories on him are fucking legendary. And And it's funny. You're right. Because he he is a legendary guitarist, but he's a legendary asshole, too. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Every other people like are like Richie Blackmore
1: is like the forgotten guitar god, and he could be up there with all of them better than Page. Better, there are some that really claim he's better than all. He brought in that classical metal guitar playing, and but uh, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, those that trifecta yard person, they all hate him, yeah, all hate him. He's always praising them, but everybody I know that. I've ever read in a rock story. We've seen YouTube videos. They're all shitting on him. Nobody yep. likes him. He's an asshole. And you watch videos of him talking about Joe Turner, like fucking making fun of him for being girly. And uh, first of all,
2: you watch videos of him. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, well, I'll save it when we get to the videos. <laughs>
1: yeah, But he is just, you know, and the video, the best is watching Dio talk about him. Those oh, yeah. two go at each other. Yep. And Dio's like a fucking yes. An angry little an angry elf. elf. Oh, my God. Those videos. You ever see the one where the guy was signing shit at the back of a car and some guy, some some sunny poony type character guy goes, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 Ronnie. Did you hear what did you hear what <laughs> Vivian Campbell said about you? He's like, what? What would he say? He goes, he said you're a terrible human being. Oh, that motherfucker. That <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Oh, he's in a real rock band. Oh, yeah. Def Leppard.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Right.
1: And he's signing fucking shit in the back of his trunk of his car. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He's he is an angry little elf. Yep. And uh, he uh, he's not too f- fond of him. And he talks about. I guess they had that keyboard guy that almost, they almost drove him insane. Cozy Powell and fucking. And Richie Blackmore would do so many bad pranks on this guy and fuck with this guy. Like the guy fucking left the tour and went home and had psychological problems. <laughs> and then I can totally picture Because like, reading a lot of the stuff I learned is from this awesome, awesome book yep. by one of our favorite people. And we quote him often. Martin Popoff, Sensitive to Light, The Rainbow Story. Mm -hmm. Martin is a huge rainbow fan. I've seen a lot of his YouTube videos or read his book on rainbow fan fucking tastic. Well, he, he even talks about this shit. It's, it's just funny crap. How crazy that shit got. Well, they bring in Graham and then they pick up fuck one of my favorite. I don't even have favorite keyboards, but I like him. Don Harry.
2: Well it's funny that you it, it's funny Go that ahead. you mentioned it, well, it's funny that you mentioned Don Airy and we've already mentioned Cozy Powell because I was thinking how other other than the grunge guys of Soundgarden, Allison Chains and Pearl Jam Don Airy and Cozy Powell are making a repeat appearance on ARC. Yes. I thought that was it because Cozy Powell was on Slide it in and Don Airy was on Blizzard of Oz and because we've done 25 albums or whatever and we've really had that I thought that crossover was interesting that you've had you had the connection between Ozzy white snake and now rainbow um and you're right Co- cozy Powell and don airy just i mean those guys are just fucking like epic
1: yeah i mean like don airy and john lord and people yep. like that Legend are, are really they're not just oh fucking guitar players no or what's bon jovi's keyboard guy like they add to the music without wussifying it yeah anyways yeah so they bring in don airy now Martin even calls it that it is kind of like nowadays looking at it as a, it's a fucking super group. You got yeah, Richie it- Blackmore, Roger Glover, Graham Bonnet, Don Airy, and cozy Powell. And the thing that it makes it like that, is because these all these guys have been in so many different projects. And if you look around, you bring them together. Yeah. You can kind of consider that a super group a little.
2: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true. And I think that, that, I think that's why this, this album gets lost in the shuffle when you're talking about the, you know, the, the, the era of rainbow, because everybody knows the Dio era and everybody knows the JLT era. And this era is lost. Not, not just because of bonnet, but of uh, just kind of like the story you told about Roger Glover. He's like, oh, fuck it. I'll play the bass on this. And, you know, he kind of, he brings his deep purple influences big time on this album. In my opinion, we'll talk more about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Don Airy almost makes, makes a trifecta because yeah. I don't, I think he was on White Snake's 87 album.
0: Yeah,
3: he was. I don't,
1: I don't yeah, think he made it. Um, John Lord was on um, Slide It In. Slide It In, what we did. Yeah. So almost made a trifecta, but I love
4: that. That's Don true. Mary. That's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yep. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win.
2: And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
4: And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S.
1: Anyway, um, so that's what Rainbow comes in. Um, Bonnet only stays for one album. And the reason being not really because his talent is because Richie couldn't get over his appearance and his look and his dressing and his haircut. And he's
2: just like, what, he, he couldn't stand the fact that he looked like a cast member from Reno nine one one.
0: But even, even Graham said in interviews, Graham was hammered a lot. Oh yeah. That he fucked that up. He could have, yeah. he could have made that relationship a lot better and they, they would have lasted a few more albums. They don't say bad shit about each other. No, they don't. Graham says nothing but good things, and Graham absolutely blames himself for that lineup not doing another album.
1: So there are rumors and stories I've always heard. There were times where somebody was paid on Rainbow Crew to make sure Graham wouldn't get his haircut done and that Graham in a hotel hopped out a window and left and got his haircut, and that was the fucking straw that broke the camel's back he kept saying to him and these are facts i mean they both admit it like on stage dude i don't know what the fuck you're doing these aren't rock moves i don't know how you're dressed you dress like new fucking age um
2: like well, cool. a lounge
1: singer like <laughs> he looked this like, is he, not
2: yeah he, he looked like he was fronting a new wave band like a, yeah. like a, that, that late 70s early 80s mtv era video new wave band yep. and there's one other problem richie says graham is very nice a great
1: singer but not much interested in music. He's not motivated. Most singers, even if they don't write lyrics, give input. He just didn't want to do that. Hey, do you have any ideas? Not really. <laughs> not much interest in doing anything else except walking his dog. Um.
0: <laughs> and that's interesting. Cause Bonnet in interviews has said he wrote most of melodies on this album and he never got credited.
1: Yeah, there's, tr- there's yeah, a lot that, of contention
0: that, on that. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point, too, about uncredited
2: stuff that we that, that's on this album. Yeah. So
1: <clears throat> the lyrics are all credited to Blackmore, who gets like the Aussie type credits, and Roger Glover. Roger I believe Glover. they're all yeah. Roger Glover did everything. Yeah. So Roger Glover played. He fucking created this band. Produced it. F- and- produced it and wrote all the lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, He would call him in, and usually they would work things over with them. And Graham says that Richie would like uh, would listen to what Roger had written and put down a song three or four different ways. Richie would pick up the one that he liked best, but that he was kind of in the process and would hum the melodies and say, hey, sing it like this or do this. And then, you know, basically Roger would write the lyrics. But Graham later on developed into a lyricist and his other bands and other stuff and a pretty good one, they say. Um, I never really got into any of his other materials. So, but they said that he, he learned it He's sh- and he didn't really write lyrics. He, he said the most one that he probably got involved with was all night long. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Graham does look different, but I look at it as when I see the videos now, he's the only one that looks normal. Looks good. I like this shit. He's
0: like the only good looking style. guy in that band,
1: dude. He looks like Jim Brewer and fucking pet Detective. I, he he, it's 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 insane, and he's got the fucking sunglasses on. He looks like he's coked up half the time. Um, yeah, he's a, a weird looking guy, but he, uh, to me, fucking guy can sing his ass off, and God bless him. And he even admitted it that when he came out to all the concerts, his first time, and they're singing songs, and people were like laugh and kind of boo him, and then by the time he started singing the songs, they were all with him. They didn't care what he looked like. Mm. But he was stubborn about that. Shit. You know, you want to grow his hair out and didn't want to look like that. Want to dress his own way. And that's so much didn't last. So, yep. Yep. Anyway, um, let's talk about the album itself. Album cover.
2: Oh, boy. When Zeus, right. p- when, when Zeus picked this album, the first thing I did was send the guys a picture of the friggin the more, you know, gif. Of the little rainbow star yep. sailing through the atmosphere. Yep. You know, I mean, yeah. Okay. Rainbow down to earth. There's a picture of a rainbow and a picture of earth. I mean, the creativity here is off the charts with this album cover.
0: This is yeah. brutal. Like this Mork and Mindy type thing we got going on here. It's, it's terrible. Really- it's terrible. It's bad. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's very generic. It's 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 very like grade school contest winner.
0: Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the album cover for the single since yes, been gone. No, now, that's that kind of like been a better album cover, well, that's, I think. That's, that's the rainbow like, rising. That's that's, that's really, rainbow yeah. rising. So yeah, that, which that, is yeah. a better album cover?
2: Oh yes, oh, well, yeah, rainbow. Well, that's
1: legendary. Those albums with, yeah. with Doc uh, with uh, Dio. Yes, um, but they were supposedly calling this "Time to Leave Heavy Metal Fantasy" and come back down to earth.
2: Yeah, no. And the back cover, I mean, if you're looking at the CD, it's just a continuation of the front cover. It's just the, the other side of the earth, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, and then inside <laughs> they have some photos. I don't know if you can see that or if you've seen these. <laughs> Take a look at the Graham pictures.
0: Yeah, he, lo- oh, he, yeah. Lo-
2: he, looks he looks like a model.
0: Cozy's trying to be like the bad boy motorcycle dude. Yeah, well, that jacket he wears in the video ain't helping yeah. with the bad boy, so <laughs> we'll
2: get to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, Cozy is one fucking like just rock and roll straight up, like tough guy. Yep. He's, uh, he's quite a character. Yep.
2: Um, Richie Blackmore is just, he looks the grumpy, same. grumpy. There, there are, there are pictures of Graham Bonnet, where if you look at him in the light and a different angle, he almost looks like he could be like related to like Scott Weiland. Like, yeah. like the, like the way his face yes. is, you know what I mean? Yes. I
1: he could be the STP's founding yeah. member. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. why I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I think his style is kind of cool right now, right versus right. the fucking, you know, arm wristband spikes and fucking. <laughs> look at fucking what's his name in the video, um, uh, Roger Glover. He looks like he belongs in Toto with that fucking
2: hat. Oh, with <laughs> the little the, the little skinny tie, the yeah, sport yeah, coat, the skinny looking, tie. Yeah. Oh
1: yep. man.
3: The yep. fedora. Anyway. Yep.
1: Yeah. The album cover itself, if it was just like a rainbow kind of shooting out or something. The down to earth writing makes it kind of, and now you know the more you know stuff, yeah. makes it
2: even cheesier. It, it, it looks very corny.
0: Yeah. And, you know, yeah. obviously, this came out first, but now what's also interesting to me is this is an English band, right? Yes. Yeah. Why are we showing North America? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a good Isn't point that a little too. weird? Yeah. Well, it's like, looks like it's coming, so from, Europe. Yeah. Yeah, like coming, coming from, from Europe. Yeah. It looks like it's coming
1: from Europe. Yeah. Dominating US.
0: Yeah. Oh, good Lord. That's <laughs> true.
1: It's gonna dominate the U.S. Yep. Um, yep. let's get into some of the, the, the facts here of this album. All right. Down to Earth, released August 3rd, 1979, produced by Roger Glover. It's Rainbow's fourth studio album, first and last with Graham Bonnet, uh second and last with Cozy Powell, mm-hmm. um, first with Roger Glover. In the UK, it went gold. It went number six on the UK, and it went to number 66 in the USA. Um, This was a a great lineup and legendary lineup up until, because specifically, they headlined the first ever Monsters of Rock at Castle Donington, August sixteenth, 1980. And that performance was incredible. And that was the last of this band. And then after that, they, you know, some goodbye Graham. uh yeah. but they ended on a fucking high that bootleg is out there and that cd is out there mm-hmm. people are looking to get it the album itself was a major departure from the rainbow sound oh yeah so real rainbow fans were disappointed even though i think it's premature because i think it kind of fits a little bit in that style but it was a departure for many people and then people really liked Dio and Dio is now gone so that was kind of big for a lot of fans however Martin Popoff seems to think it's was it because of Rainbow reaching a bigger audience this opened up Rainbow to a bigger audience oh yeah Uh, they got a lot bigger because of this album so as much as everyone wants to talk about the early stuff they didn't sell shit and they weren't on the map for anything So critics may love and Lars may say like Rainbow Rising is like a fantastic album that I got into. Um, He may and all those people liked it, but it wasn't big sellers. Now, the other part is Martin says, and this is a topic for another day. It's not so much Rainbow opened up. He says rock and roll opened up in that era that rock became more mainstream. So rock bands started making the making the hits and stuff and getting on the charts. Mm-hmm. So did Rainbow grow their fan base or was the overall rock genre base increased and Rainbow obviously's numbers
2: went up as well? Well, that late 70s era, this came out in 79, that was the era of that. I mean, we, we use the term album-oriented rock, so I'm not going to really use that talking in the late 70s, but you had the bands like Journey and Toto and Kansas and, and and Blue Oyster Cult and Foreigner, and you had those bands that were, they were rocking, but they were more melodic, more, more user-friendly, more, they expanded to a bigger, they weren't writing songs like Tarot Woman, like yeah. Rainbow was doing a few albums earlier. Yeah. So, so that the, the genre of rock was expanding to a more, I know sometimes people think this is a bad thing to say, but more of a pop sensibility, more verse, chorus, verse. Mm-hmm. Some of the singers were a little bit more melodic. And, and and I think Richie saw that rainbow rainbow did that. So I think it was, I think it was both. I think it was the band adjusting to the times, but it was also rock music adjusting
0: to the times all at once. Yeah. yeah and by the time this comes out, the second Van Halen albums out too. Exactly. Right? So the that party yep. rock is bringing it to the yep. charts, right? So you got, Rock is making a comeback in the late 70s. There's yes. no doubt about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they wanted to jump in on the phrase. So, yeah. Out comes Down to Earth. Now,
0: now,
2: now speaking, I don't mean to no. I just want to I just want to jump in on this quote real quick. Just talking about Richie Blackmore and how how much of a puss he is. There's a quote here from in 1979 with Sounds, I think it's Sounds magazine. <laughs> Richie Blackmore says, "Quote, I have so much respect for classic and musicians that when I listen to it myself, I think, oh, that's nonsense." I can put down other people's music because the fact is, I put down my own music, and I say it's rubbish. A lot of it is, not all of it. No time to lose definitely is, but Eyes of the World is okay. But a good deal of it is a waste of time. Yeah, thanks, like, thanks, like, thanks, Paul Stanley. Like he's like just sh- shit. That came out in 1979 when the album was released, so that's not even like revisionist history. That's like he said that at the Dude, time. There's
1: a fucking <laughs> YouTube clip of Dio before he died going through. Album someone gave him Rainbow Rising. He's like, "This is shit. This is a guitarist and a drummer's fucking ego playing twenty minute solos." People are like Rainbow Rising is
3: shit. That's and ridiculous. It's, it's like,
1: it's like, dude, you are a fucking angry little elf.
2: Yeah, you're an angry elf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, it
1: depends. You know, people are just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Richie Blackmore is just. In a world, he's on the Mount Rushmore of fucking assholes in music. But I am a I am a
2: huge fan of his musicianship. But the know? funny thing about him being an asshole is he's not a loudmouth. He's just like he's like yeah, he's, he's his like, own person. He, yeah, he's just a silent a
1: grump. Like yeah, he, you know much more money he could do if he ever promoted himself and got out there. He doesn't want to do interviews. No, nope. he doesn't want to fucking talk to the fans. He's just like okay, I'm done. Bye. And the
2: Take- and the funny thing about talking about his legacy and his status as like a legendary guitarist, you throw out those other names. Everybody knows them. You throw out Richie Blackmore. Half the people, th- they are gonna be like, I don't know who's—I've never heard of. But that. they who's- know smoke on the water when you go. Eh, well, yeah, eh, they know exactly, eh, but they don't know—they who- don't know that that's because that he's the
1: worst promoter because he doesn't give a fuck about this shit. Exactly. But he's so fucking talented. Yep. That everyone's like in awe of him in some of it. And the other part we didn't even talk about—he's another one of these Aussie fucking cult guys yep. who's all into seances and all spooky shit. Lives in castles and medieval <laughs> shit. Like, yep. what the fuck, dude? He's really into the occult and stuff. He doesn't give a fuck about this stuff. He really doesn't. Nope. no. Nope. So a, I don't he's think he's kind of like writing, a loner, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd be. I don't think he'll be liking our fucking episode anytime soon on Twitter.
0: Probably Definitely not. Definitely not after we're done with it. Oh, right. here it comes.
1: Now <laughs> let's get the beating started. Be thankful I'm not like you assholes picking shit that sucks that are eighteen fucking songs long. I got an eight song album that you guys hate. So I didn't say I hated it yet. Oh, Sonny <coughs> will. But, anyways, are you guys ready to start?
2: Let's go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Long. So there was a uh, interview where Blackmore was getting pounded for the sexist lyrics. So his quote in 1980, by the way, I think there's a lot of women who are very boring. Everybody knows it's all tongue in cheek and anybody who doesn't know, isn't worth being talked about. Anyway, the whole world has always been men running after women and the women is the peacock that goes around with their feathers up. So that way, it will always be the way it is, no matter how many people go around trying to change it. All right, dude, whatever. Wow. Settle down. Yeah, right. The There's song- a lot,
2: lot, lot of truth in that.
0: Yeah. Of course there is, but nobody
2: wants to hear that from a or yeah. <laughs> rainbow.
1: 10 billion fucking people on Instagram, right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Right out of the gate, I kind of hear the tinny production. Now people will say, well, that's of the time. It's funny. Zeppelin never had that problem, so I don't understand that's of the time. I think that's Glover's fault, to be honest with you. The vocal melody and the verses are a little boring to me. I like the pace change before the chorus, and the chorus is fine, but the reality is this 70s rock like this with the Hammond or the keyboards, it only works for me if it's the right singer and the right melody, and this song just feels like it's they're just trying too hard to get on the singles chart. So all night long, ah, it's Grand bonded, it's wonderful. Rainbows, wonderful. Blackbirds, meh. That's where I'm at with this song. It's <laughs> meh. <laughs> Great analysis. All right. Okay. Uh, All
2: right. Uh, my analysis probably isn't too much better. I'm a little kinder. Um, the The problem here is you can, in my opinion, you can already tell that there is nothing authentic or about or sincere about this album they're trying to be a band that they've never been before they're trying to chase a trend which is fine our favorite band kiss did it a million times you can tell that they're, they're they're going for that late 70s classic rock that boston journey foreigner you know bob seger whatever you want to call it um the the opening the riff is really cool i think the opening riff is cool i think the chorus is cool i'm not a big fan of the verses um These are the songs we'll get into it. The these type of songs suit Graham Bonnet's voice. The high energy, you know, mid to upper tempo pace songs. Um, I like the song. We say this all the time about Kiss. It's a good song, it's just not a good rainbow song, if that makes any sense. I don't I don't mind the song, but when I hear rainbow or and I hear like cozy Powell, I don't want to hear this. But That being said, it's not a bad song. I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's it's a known song for a reason.
1: All Night Long. So all the songs are written by Roger Glover and Richie Blackmore, except the Russ Ballad hit Since You've Been Gone. So I don't have to repeat myself. It went to number 110 in the US, number five, the highest chart they've ever had in the UK. Uh, I See, I disagree. I think it's a normal Rainbow song because Rainbow's all over the fucking map. You can say it's not a deal, Rainbow song. Eh, no, it's not. But the music isn't far off from it. The opening guitar riff is, the thing that makes this a little bit different is the verses are very poppy. The, yes. op- the guitar in the beginning is not. The chorus is definitely not where he's fucking screaming all yep. night long and back and forth, the call back with the band and stuff. That's not. It's the poppy middle part that you're like, this isn't very Rainbow. But I could easily see Joel and Turner doing that part. And then him doing the screeching part. So the the poppy verse, I you know, they used to say the song used to be "I need a girl who can keep her head." And apparently, live they would always say and scream it out loud, "I need a girl who could give good head nice.
3: all night long." Nice.
2: Yeah. Um, I think with this song here, for me, I if if you if you know Deep Purple, if you know Roger Glover, right off the bat this album has his fingerprints right off because it sounds like a Deep Purple album. So
1: that's where I was getting to. You either like Roger Glover music or you don't. Yeah. I like it. So when you say eh, it's not authentic, Richie Blackmore will fucking do what he wants to do whenever he wants to, And he has a lot of different styles. I can see him doing some of this stuff. Then I can see him doing all this stuff because listen to all the Deep Purple. Deep Purple and Richie Blackmore what part of smoke on the water sounds like fucking rainbow rising. It's true. It's true. Now, One of the things Richie always talks about, he says, I like changing. And that means sometimes changing people in my band. I don't like to do the same type of music. And deep purple was kind of doing that. That's why he left. So he likes to change it up. So I'll give him that. Now, Graham Barnett doesn't even sing this music. Fucking the other people weren't in this band. Um, I think the drumming is heavy throughout this album. I thought Cozy can hit this stuff, um, knock out of the park. Oh, he he can can play. Yeah, he can 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 hit anything. But yeah, Yeah. you're right. It's fucking like a super group brought together, come up with this album. And Roger Glover, I think he's talented. I think he does good music. I like his style. And he can come up and say, this is the fucking type of song. This song is catchy as all fucking hell for me. No doubt. Um, The chorus is fucking catchy. It was originally going to call. Once more with feeling, not the fucking uh episode from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Tom. Oh, it Jesus. becomes a musical. <laughs> and happy to discuss that with anybody who wants to talk about Buffy the musical. But anyway, uh I like the solo. I love those solos that go right back into the like those fucking Def Leopard solos come in quick, hit you, and then come right back into the mm-hmm. verses. Um and just the lyrics. And and at the end when he hits that fucking that line your mind is dirty but your hands and his vocal i, I love his voice i love it I-, I mean the grim bonnet on this album is uh as uh somewhere in between a fucking deaf uh joe elliott and a few other people that i fucking find him and a joe elliott from high and dry joe elliott um that's what the style i hear and i and he's got a fucking killer voice and the melodies he can do and sing I, I think he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal singer. Um, let's talk about the video. Really? <laughs> you don't like the Ace Ventura lounge singer, Jim Brewer sunglass
2: look? The the, ch- the chick dancing just randomly, just like oh, shaking God. her friggin' like what is? And, and then you know, and then Richie Blackmore. This is what I was saying earlier. Looks so fucking bored and annoyed to be in this it's band called right now. Disinterested. Exactly. He looks
1: like that throughout any video. You'll ever see him in. He looks like he's. Why am I here? What am and I doing? It's so funny because he,
2: he's effortless when he plays. He's not even moving his heads down. and He's just ripping the you guitar. See him, you ever see him do the can't happen here video? Yeah. With no, the fucking yeah. guitar going nuts. And he's yeah. like this
1: hopping yep. back. and like, doo-doo-doo. yep, he doesn't like he doesn't give
2: a fuck to look like he's rocking out some of the way Graham Bonnet's with, with the way he's holding his microphone. He, it looks like a karaoke <laughs> guy. Like it looks like somebody gave him the mic and he's karaokeing the song, like wilding crazy guys. Like yes, yes.
0: So what I what I took that as. He's trying to make up for the energy that does not exist on that stage right now.
2: You <laughs> might be right. You, you might. might be right. And he's
0: trying to create That's like he's got point. the twelve-year-old playing keyboards. He's got yeah. the guy with the satin jacket with a leather spike <laughs> wrist guards playing drums. He's got homie with a fedora and the skinny tie playing bass. The guitarist looks like he's half asleep, yep. and the ch- dancing looks like an ugly Kathleen Turner Michelle Pfeiffer chick.
2: Oh, she's not like ugly.
1: She just she's just poorly dressed. she's brutal. Dude, have you seen some of the fucking women you send us texts up? Dude, that woman's ugly? She's, ugly.
0: she's
2: ugly. She's
3: not,
1: not
2: brutal.
3: son. She's that's, not just, ugly, that's a little. That's a little. She's, tough. Dude,
1: she's not ugly. Dude. She just it doesn't look good when she's wearing like a like a she's 19, like a World War Two chicks fucking pin up pants. What were those pants she was wearing? <laughs> that's just in the tube, tube, fucking the tube, top. the tube
2: top thing. Just no. no. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a little kind of rough, too. Yeah, um, but I thought she was
2: fucking fine looking. And, and you know who else he reminds me of with those glasses? He looks like the fucking the Terminator in Terminator
0: 2, <laughs> like the cop. like <laughs> he's got. You know what? For all the things I'm going to say about Graham today, he does have movie star type looks. Yeah, like he he's got the look. Right? No, Tom no said it best. Him. It reminds me of
1: somebody dropped Scott Wyland in this video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just like, wait a minute, this doesn't fit. The band behind, because Cozy Powell is a fucking crazy ass hard rock drummer. He's probably like, this is fucking not as good as I want it to be. The fuck, he doesn't look interested. Roger Glover's like, this is a job. Don Airey, who that fucking shirt is that the one he's
2: wearing those. That blue collared fucking shirt he's wearing. Dude, Don Airy looks like if you ever see remember those old ads in the newspaper you see for like Bradley's. Yeah. And 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 and, and, then, and, the, and the ad would be for like the new Casio keyboard. And there's like yeah. a little 12-year-old kid playing it. That's Don Airy. <laughs> in, in the young
0: boys board. section. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly, exactly yeah. what it
2: looks like. Yeah. He's it's wearing like, like- go- he's wearing fucking garanimals in the fucking video.
1: <laughs> and his shirt is open and it's got like a zipper. And he's got like <laughs> no <laughs> hair on his chest. And it's just wide open. And he's got those big ass 70s collars
2: on his shirt. But I'll tell you, he looks very happy. Like when the songs get, he's like, he looks at, he's like, wow, I can't believe oh, i am been raining. And he <laughs> definitely has like a late Peter Brady type
1: hairdo on oh, top yeah, yeah. Lego hairdo oh, yeah. on yeah, his head. Yeah. <laughs> wait, did you just say Lego? Yeah, I feel <laughs> like when you pop, pop <laughs> yeah, the head, you yeah. put the Lego hairpiece on him. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next track.
0: Eyes of the world. So as Tommy shared, you know, Blackmore said it's okay. Uh, to me, he's absolutely wrong. The only thing that I like about this song is Cozy Powell. Right? The drum accents, the transitions. Richie's trying to show off. Meh. Graham's trying to save this thing. Meh. I don't need the 72 seconds of sorcery dungeons and dragons at the beginning. And I'll tell you honestly, if this was the first Rainbow Song I ever heard, I would never listen to another Rainbow Song again. They would be nirvana for me if this was the first Rainbow Song I ever heard. It's not the worst song we've ever had on ARC. This is goddamn close. Wow. All right. All right, I'll be a little bit kinder here.
2: Um, I love the intro. <laughs> it's love hard the, not to be. <laughs> I, I love the intro. Very proggy, rush like. It kind of creates a mood. Then when it kicks in, I'm like, "All right, this is kind of cool. I'm 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 into this right now. I'm into this right now. I'm liking the vibe, the keyboards, the 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 kind of what's happening uh, sonically. I'm kind of digging. And then Graham Bonnet starts singing, and I'm sorry, the problem for me with Graham Bonnet. Is he's a one-trick pony. He he can do all night long or since you've been gone and all that stuff. He's got to me, he doesn't have a soulful voice, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a range, he can't pull off a a, 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 a tone that requires of this. So, like if Joe Lynn Turner did this or even like David Coverdale, somebody who had a little bit more of a, of a range and kind of a soulful, emotional range. I think Graham Bonnet is good at what he does. And that's, I want to love you all night long, screaming and wailing and rocking. That's the problem with this song right here is I think Bonnet's voice just can't, it, it's, it's not the song for him vocally. Musically, I think it's a pretty cool song. I like the breakdown with the guitar soul. Then it kind of goes into a piano keyboard uh, solo. Um, I don't mind the song. I mean, I'm a Rush fan, so I don't mind long, drawn-out songs that have different things going on. I just think Graham's voice just isn't suited to this type of song for me.
1: So, uh, again, I'm not going to repeat that the lyrics are all by the same guy, so I yep. don't even know why I'm saying that now. Um, it's a slow build, a build, and I'm like, is this what prog rock sounds like? Yep. Um, I'll I'll go in between you guys. How's this? Oh,
0: that sounds good. Ooh, we should have done that on hello. the Kiss cruise. Do I get the front or the back? Wow, depends. Can on what when can the
2: you matter. edit. Can you edit that out? I'm gonna go in between you guys. I'm gonna go in between you guys and
1: uh, <laughs> fill you fill around for a little bit. So, I'm not a big fan of this song. Never have been, and it's probably because it is prog rock <laughs> that yep. I feel like. Yep. Now, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think Graham Bonnet makes this song bad. I just think don't really like the song uh i don't see any i don't there's definitely no jlt would not have made this better it probably would have made it worse no Dio may have made this song better with different lyrics because it's fucking got that early rainbow fucking type feel that's how i feel like this was a this is a leftover holdover It, it doesn't suit up tempo rocking fucking AOR, AOR fucking type music in that era. Right. It yep. doesn't, and it doesn't suit the band, it doesn't suit Graham Style singing about the stuff, but it does build. I mean, he, his vocals are fine. I think he does a great job. It's it is what it is. Um, the guitar breakdown the middle into the solo It's pretty good inside that classical guitar playing. He's got a lot of stuff which we talked about because it's his fucking clone on Ingvays, where you're like, is that guitar or is that keyboard? What is mm. that? Who's doing the solo? Is that both of them? Is that one? Is that keyboard? Is that good? You can't tell lots of time. That's the Inve cloning of Blackmore. You can't tell. They love that keyboard shit in here. Yep. There's a lot of this song is I, I'm actually going to pull a sunny. No Uh-oh. reason the song should be six minutes. Oh, cut it off. I, three, forgot, I, I forgot. I forgot to throw half, that in with my minutes. comments. First of all, you like the beginning, like little fucking keyboard intro. I don't. There's no. Need I love it. it. I love um, it. And I'll, I'll never forget when they're like when like catch a rainbow,
2: the the double
1: CD, oh, the, the anthology,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I'm like, why
1: the fuck would they have eyes on the world on this as like the song from this album? I never understood that. But other people swear by this song, like, oh, it's the only good song on the album. It's the only one that's not pop. It's the only one that's like, like, yeah, because it's the fucking deal. People that like this
3: shit, yeah, yeah.
1: It doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this song it, it's just you know but I can listen to it because I unlike you guys I like his voice I know I love Graham Bonnet's voice and I think uh, whatever he sings in this I'll listen to it um, but we have no time to lose.
0: No time to lose, so Blackmore says this one's rubbish. Again, I think he's wrong because I actually like the groove of the music here. I think the verses are great. I think the pre-chorus is great. I got to hand it to Graham here because he is trying like hell to save this song with some sort of passionate vocal melody, and he does a good job here. I'm going to take a lot of shots in Graham later, but I'm not going to take a shot at Graham here. I think Jolin Turner would have killed this song too. You know, but the one thing about this song that is fucking brutal is the chorus. Dude, that backing <laughs> vocal is as bad as die with your boots on iron. No
2: eight. time to lose. <laughs> no time to
0: lose. No time to lose. No time. Like Ace must have been in the studio. Maybe no time to lose. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> right. It's like they take, take this great vocal melody and put the shitty chorus on. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> but besides that, and it's weird that I say, you know, the chorus sucks, but the rest of the song is great, but that's really what this is. I, I actually really like the song, and I liked the the first chorus where there was no backing vocals. It's like the chorus is not great, but at least the backing vocals doesn't jack it. But then later on, it's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> so that was me. Uh, the, this is a great song. And getting
2: back to what I said about the previous song, they, these are the kind of songs that where Graham shines as a vocalist. Upbeat, rocking. Nice basic classic rock rhythm, riff, groove. Reminds me of a of like an unreleased like white snake demo. When I hear this song, I'm like, oh, th- th- this is like old white snake. If you put Coverdale on this, um, I-, I think it's a really cool song. And and I might you might hear me say this again. I-, I wish this album was filled with this kind of stuff as opposed to some of the other stuff that we might run into later. Um, but no, this is this is a definite standout track for me.
1: All right. Um, ugh, on this song. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's kind of white, white, snakish, but I think, again, it's more high. To me, this sounds high and dryish and Joe Elliott ish. Early okay. Def Leppard. Okay. Um, the vocals are great as always. He's a straight ahead rocker. It's a good Richie solo, the keyboards and drums and bass. It's all, I mean, you can hear all the instruments nice and clean. And you can tell. They're all proficient in what they do. Um, if you if you're a Rainbow fan, um, to me this song sounds like what comes up later on on Straight Between the Eyes, a song that Joel Turner does called Rock Fever. It sounds like the exact same thing, especially the chorus. Dan Dan <athletics> yep, yep. That sounds like Rock Fever. Um, it's a good rocking song. It's fun. It's nice. Easy. <laughs> Let's go make some love.
0: Making Love. All right. So at least this music has a little bit of a gallop to it. And so you start, you know, you hear the verses. And I'm like, all right, okay, all right. I can get into this. And then it completely derails from there because there is something, and Tommy kind of hinted at it a little bit with Graham. I don't know what it is about Bonnet's voice to my ear. I don't know if it's his vocal tone. I don't know if it's his phrasing. It might be his, um, lack of range maybe i don't know what it is he doesn't a have a lot of
1: bass in his voice
0: yeah maybe and, and, maybe and not the, a lot of soul, the, soul either that's that's right there's
2: nothing soulful and emotional coming through yeah yeah oh i find it's emotional the screeching and the
1: screaming yeah, the, and in the lungs. screeching
2: in the screeching yeah. and the screaming yes i agree yeah
1: that i mean so i think you're saying what like the normal delivery in the voice and the, the vocal, slower pace the like, like like
2: a, yeah, like a just, song like making love you're supposed to be like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, yeah. It's, I'm
1: showing Tom my notes where I say,
0: "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We know each other. Yeah. So it's definitely vocal phrasing. Now, guys like Glenn Hughes who have soul to their voice, I can't handle Glenn Hughes either. There's something about his voice and his vocal phrasing that doesn't hit my ear right. So, I this song is a tough listen for me, besides the verses. And I got to be honest with you, Richie is not impressive on this track. I get it; the guy's a guitar god. He does nothing for me on this track, right? It, so making love because maybe I mean, it's about the song though. You don't. I want don't to- know. There's nothing impressive to me about this song at all. Okay, I'm gonna
2: start. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that comment before I get into. So one of my notes is that this album, to me, it doesn't do any favors for Richie Blackmore. Like when I hear when I listen to a Rainbow album, I, I want to hear Richie Blackmore. Cozy Powell's pretty good on this album. I mean, he's great on everything. But I'm saying, in terms of a Rainbow album that showcases Richie Blackmore, if you if you would if you were to heap praise on Richie Blackmore and then play Down to Earth, people, would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that. That's it. Because and that to me that robs me of of what I want to hear from Richie Blackmore. Now that being said, making love, Zeus, I love you, buddy. This song is in contention for the worst song in the history of (laughs) ARC. I I can't I I don't know. It's it is a just it's a total mess. His I don't know what's going on. It doesn't sound like it was it was like recorded correctly. It's it's just it's it's a total mess. Tonally, uh, uh, the, the verses, the chorus. I don't know what what's going on here. I'm not buying whatever Graham is trying to sell. I lose my mind when we're making love. If I'm going to listen to making love, I'm listening to a rock and roll over by kiss. I am not listening to this. It's just bad. It's just fucking bad. That's it. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Making love slower, mid tempo. i like the groove, the guitar, and it does have that groove. Ooh. (laughs) My darling, want to make love to you. Dexter St. Jock. I just, I, I love his voice. I think, okay. the, vo- I think the vocals are, I love the little solo. The drums on the fucking outro are kick ass. That and I'll it, give you. Yes. Cozy uh, Owl shines. This is the thing I don't understand. So, Martin calls this thing a ballad, and he swears by it, says it's their best rainbow ballad that they've ever done. Now, that's not the case. Yikes. But, I don't even think this is a ballad. It's kind of like a bluesier kind of mid-temple thing. I don't know what it is, but it's not a ballad, in my opinion. Um, I like the song. Um, I'm just not a, you know, it's not a standout track. But as far as the whole Richie guitar players will tell you the opposite. They'll tell you the shit that he does is so fucking hard, but he makes it seem simple. Some of the little fills he's doing. Yeah, but just all the fucking shit that he does. I don't know. I'm not a guitar player. So it's one of those things that someone goes, "Oh yeah, that that looks easy," and then like, "I fucking can't do this." Is and it the part? Is it? is it
2: the part when he goes
1: <laughs> 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 with a little hop along? <laughs> 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 in the yeah, in I lose my
2: mind when we're making love. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded. <laughs> You
1: just have to like
2: every roaring bee guy, Ooh. Teddy Pendergrass <laughs> <Ooh>. making love.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just think that Richie has this smaller stuff. Like he does, I think he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't need his crazy solo. He yeah. does that, and when he has a, don't forget, there's no instrumentals on this, where all the other Rainbows have them. I don't know. Um Let's go to the next one. <laughs>
0: Since you've been gone, all right, so like I said, I hadn't heard this album in full in 30 years. Obviously, I've heard this song over and over and over over the last 30 years. The melody is great, total hit, and I remember when I put it in about three or four weeks ago, I'm listening to this song, and I'm like, all right, I don't know what all the writing credits are, but there is no fucking way. That the people who wrote "Eyes of the World" and "Making Love" wrote this melody, <laughs> and I was absolutely right. They did not write. You this didn't song. know it was Russ Ballard. I had no idea. Had no idea. But as soon as I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way. Um, again, Graham is tolerable to me when the melody is awesome, and in this song, it fits him perfectly. Man, Russ Ballard, like you hear about this guy every once in a while. <laughs> huh? He wrote some amazing songs. Homie yep. should be rich. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. But this song is an absolute winner. This, if there was eight of these, I am all over this album. This is a by far, you know, spoiler, by far the best song in the album. Yeah,
2: it's a great song. I mean, it, it, it's it's a hit for a reason. People know this song for a reason. And, and, I, you know, it's funny. I guarantee you nine out of ten people would not know that this is Rainbow because when you think of Rainbow, you don't think of, of this. Uh, it's clearly, you know, taken its lead. You know, it's got the DNA from Boston more than a feeling, that that type of stuff, which, which is fine. That came out a few years earlier. Um, I, when I was listening to this again, I, I was out. Driving today, and I was playing this. And when when the chorus comes on, I'm like, something about the chorus, the harmony. Where do I and and then the most random band popped into my mind? And I'm gonna be interested to see if you guys (laughs) if they're not a rock band, they're a classic, like 60s, 70s band. You know the band Three Dog Night? Hmm. Jeremiah was the bullfrog! So this chorus, when they're all singing Since You've Been Gone, I'm like. This does not sound like a rock and roll song. It sounds like a song that would be done by them, which is fine. You think um, what?
1: Joy to the world.
3: Yeah. yeah yes, world.
2: exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. But it, it's a great song. Like I said, there's a reason it's a, it's a hit. There's a reason it's popular. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a well done song.
1: The only track not done by uh, Roger Glover and Richie Blackmore, it's Russ Ballard. Russ Ballard of New York Groove fame into the night and a bunch of other fucking famous songs that other people have done. I surrender, which is an incredible song by rainbow. Uh, It went, this song went to number six in the UK, number 57 in the U S it was voted number 82 for VH one, best hard rock song. Wow. The drums stand out the vocals as well. Catchy as hell chorus. Um, Your telegram.
2: How old is this fucking song? Uh, I know. Right. When was this? Ra- <laughs> your telegram. Dude, they sent those during World War Two. Like it's friggin 1979. Who's sending a telegram? I'm dumping you. <laughs> your your poison letter.
1: Your telegram. <laughs> okay, Graham. The outro is probably my favorite fucking part of this song.
3: I yes, love that's cool. Richie's
1: little. G- that's the solo. And he's yes. just fucking blaring away. Um. The funny thing about this is, this is the song that cozy's like, "I'm not doing it," and they like forced him to play on this. He played, he took one take, and he wouldn't do it again. They're like Roger Glover was. They're all friends with him. Like, dude, I just need you to. I'm not doing it. I fucking hate this song. I don't want to do it. I fucking hate this shit. This is selling out. Fuck you. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yep. Yep. And then they're all like afterwards, and I'm reading the book. They're all like. Yeah, then when it became a hit, it's like, "Oh yeah, did you hear my hit?" He go, "Yeah, I'm on this song. Uh, it was a big hit for us." Uh. Yep, yep, yeah. This song made it for me. Uh, spoiler alert: I don't know if I could put any Rainbow song ahead of this. This song is what made me. I've heard this song a million times. I will go out and play it. It is the um, Free Bird, um, fucking stairway to heaven. Not only or Crazy Train. Not only do it when it plays. I listen to it. I will search it out from time to time because that's how much I love it. Catchy as all fucking hell. Now, let's go to the video. Um, I love the little cozy right before it starts. What's the name? Guts down. Does a fucking like, I don't know what he does, like an army pointing finger. Yes. The, yes. The, and they get the a tap and then he throws his drum up and then catches him. Boom. Yep. Starts hitting. Yep. Um, he still looks coked up. He's wearing his shades. Yep. Uh, he still looks fucking Jim Brewer, Ace Pet Ventura, a fucking uh, yeah. what do you call oh, it? Ace uh, Ventura, like, pet detective. Yeah, yeah. STP's uh, Scott Wyland.
2: He looks like all the the above. Yeah. Did you notice he had a watch on? Yeah. It's like he came from the office and just all right, I'm gonna <laughs> sit now <laughs> because he's probably sitting on how much how how much longer do I have to stand on this stage of <laughs> these fucking clowns right now? And but, but it's they the think he's the it, clown. It, it, it's the same shoot as All Night Long. I mean, it's just, oh, you, yeah. could, you could yeah. see the same. thing, different but,
0: shirt on, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: but yeah, again, yeah. Richie Blackmore, fucking bored as hell. Bored he looks like fuck,
1: fucking disinterested as
2: can be. Yeah. Sunny, there's a new Sunny. There's a new B A F. We have broke as fuck.
0: Yeah, bored. Oh, a bored as fuck. fuck. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I like. So it. We might
2: have to clarify.
0: <laughs> Who's who? Do you call broke as fuck? People who can't get on the kiss cruise.
1: <laughs> oh, oh dude, isn't dude, that Dude, we just I'm lost kidding. 90% of our listeners. Thanks asshole. What the fuck? I'm kidding.
2: That's not who I was leading that up to. I thought you were going to say he just told Well, it could have been worse. He could, well, I won't even say yeah, who he really don't needs, go there.
0: But- no, <laughs> But, um, yeah,
1: all right. I, I like Don Airy in this video. He looks like a little boy happy to bring, crank out his fucking Christmas present. He's on the keyboard smiling. Look, Mom, my Casio yeah. keyboard's working. These guys asked me if I could play.
3: Yeah,
1: He's such a nice guy. Everybody loves Don Airy. Do you like Don Airy? Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but uh, any other thoughts on the video? Just fucking no. I mean, it's a performance video. What yeah, else? The ugly again? chick's gone. Yeah, yeah whatever the chick they freaking dude, booted her. I ass will tell you right one. now, <laughs> you are the horniest guy I know. If that girl said, come over here and smell my armpits, you'd no, be like, no. oh,
0: oh, oh, that chick's too ugly. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: dude, you are fucking insane. <laughs> and you're no friend of mine. <laughs>
0: love snow friend written well i like the little guitar fills richie's doing i would say this is richie's best solo on the record i love the start stop stuff they do at the end of the song i think graham sounds good i like really like this song except for one thing it is too fucking slow so i sped it up 33 percent i sped it up 33 percent And I sent it to you guys. Yeah. You got to say it sounds better. It sounds better fast. I thought it was a different version. I thought it was a live version. I'm not saying nothing. (laughs) So that was my only issue with it. It's just a little too slow. Besides that, it's a great song. Okay. I love that. It's slow.
2: I love the little, the little soulful, like groove, um, that kind of repeating little riff that goes on and on. I, 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 like it a lot. My big problem. And I've said this before. Again, it's Graham. Oh. I, I his voice in this song. It's not bad. It just doesn't feel like it's the right vocal tone for this kind of song. He's not bad. I mean, his voice is fucking great. Let I'll, I'll just let me just say it. But there are certain. It it's like like Zeus, like we say from forty year old version. It's about passion. It's about love. <laughs> There's none of that in his voice. It oh. just seems like he's reading lyrics off a sheet when this song needs more than that. But I, but I like the song. The song is good enough where I can kind of get over that because his voice is not bad. It's just not what I want to hear for this type of song.
1: Uh, it's kind of bluesy. That's how I look at it. Yes. White snake-ish. It is White Snake's uh, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. That's what this all reminds me of big time. It's bluesy. It's the, But the song is heavy. It's fucking heavy. The, yeah. the music is heavy. I think the vocals are insane off the charts in this song. I think he's hitting it out of the park. I, I mean, I love the passion in his voice. And the, the solo is another very good solo. Uh, the drums are great. Another type of uh, since I've been loving you type of slow bluesy kind of moving along song. I think it's a good song I like his voice uh and I think this, I think it works I do but that's okay let's go to the next track <laughs>
0: Danger zone. All right. So, if you want to send your hate mail, send it to me at myopinioniswrong.net. dot <laughs> net. All right. But Richie Blackmore, supposed guitar god, this riff sounds like it's written by a two year old. I'm sorry. This riff wow. is brutal. Just Th- wow. right out of the start of the song, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What? Then I got to the verses. I'm like, all right, it's okay. Then I got to the chorus and it was a mess. Then it got to the two minutes and I'm like, all right, I kind of like this little middle Eastern feel I got here and the guitar keyboards going. And I'm like, Graham's trying to save the song. Ah, Epic fail. Cozy's trying to save the song. Epic fail. The song is just, it's not good. It's not a good song. I'm sorry. This is why I love the three of us doing these episodes
2: I think this song knocks it out of the park on every level. I, everything Sonny said, reverse. I love the pace. I love that riff. I love the, look, the, this is the first song on the album that kind of has like a little bit of like an aggressive kind of pace and tone to it. Like a, it, it, it just sounds different. Bonnet sounds great. Cozy, Cozy is kicking ass on this. He's like carrying the vibe of this song. I love how it's kind of chugging along. The chorus is not great. The chorus is a little eh. Solo is pretty good. Um, when I hear this song, this kind of reminds me a little bit of like the good stuff that I like from a band like Deep Purple and UFO, like that that British hard rock stuff. Uh, but th- this song is a standout for me. I, 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 I love the way it kicks. It starts off with the dan and then and then and then all of a sudden cozy comes in and just boom and it takes off. I, I, I like this one a lot. I'm curious. How does a
0: riff suck? <laughs> like, a riff suck. Like- it's because the guy's it, a guitar god. Every riff is supposed to be great. No, that's <laughs> not <laughs> true. That's, that's my, hey, that's my interpretation. Dude, and that's my feeling. Okay. The guy's I, a guitar god. Every riff is supposed to be great. It can't look. It can't sound it like a two-year-old. Rhythm. No
1: offense. There are a lot of fucking riffs that Zep does that I'm like, I don't even really like the riff. But when the band picks up in the bass and the yeah. drums and Robert starts singing, it works. Sorry. I don't really like the riff on fucking trampled underfoot or or uh, that's a bad riff by the way so that's okay the crunch (laughs) or other things right but i like the song it still works like it what do you mean it's got to be a great riff a great riff they're not that easy to do not all many albums that have great riffs every song it's not fucking easy but they don't have to be great
0: they can't be made by a two-year-old
1: that doesn't even make sense in what planet Will your fucking friend the curmudgeon come up with a riff like that?
0: Oh, my God, dude. He could do that in his fucking sleep with four strings. Oh, my that God. That riff right. sucks.
1: All right. It was nice running the ARC show because I don't think we're ever going to pass them that fucking stupidity level. Well, that Tony can come up with better riffs than fucking Richie Blackmore.
0: If, if we're going to go by Danger Zone, that is an absolute yes. Oh my
2: God. All right. Here's the big question. Let me, let me back up here. Let me back up here. Kenny Loggins or Rainbow? Who's better? Danger Zone. Oh, Kenny Loggins 1000%.
1: No. I'm with Tom on this. This song fucking rocks.
2: It does. It rocks. It
1: fucking rocks. That opening riff, very fast and rocking. Vocals are insane. The last, okay, so this is the thing. I want, I want to pull up the lyrics on this song. Um, the other part I'll, I'll talk about when this thing's gone. I don't like the title. Uh, I think Danger Zone is fucking
2: stupid. It's but back then, in 79, it was probably, ooh, what's the song about? Then Kenny Loggins does it in Top Gun. I'm like, ah, it's fucking
1: Yeah, dumb. but the Danger Zone in music, like, it's just, I don't know. I think what hits it out of the park in the other level is Bonnets. When he puts the fucking... Um, uh, the last line in each verse.
0: And he's doing that like falsetto thing. That's what I'm and telling you. you it's and, like and his, his voice is screeching. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he's screeching and, and you lie. Memories yeah. drifting by. Same thing with, well, that's love or maybe love coming. It's fucking incredible singing. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm in like as people do. They like to sing in the car. Try fucking singing that shit and not laugh at yourself. How many times your voice cracks and you can't go up and down like that. That's insane. Uh, I think it's great. I like the keyboard parts, believe it or not. And this is another one of those. Is that keyboard? Is that guitar? Who's playing what? What's going on over there? Uh, The solo is great. Right back to the vocals. Um, This and the next track, kind of similar sister songs, they say. Let's go to uh, the last final track.
0: Austin Hollywood, I didn't think this was a sister track to Danger Zone. To me, this is a sister's track to No Time to Lose because it's got a similar pace. I love the pace. I love how Cozy starts the song. I didn't need the 30 seconds of musical theater before the guitar solo. And then again, Blackmore's trying to show off, and it was just kind of meh to me. <laughs> the part that's brutal about this song is last time I saw that whole like whiny, Pre chorus thing for all the things that Bonnet's doing in Danger Zone that's trying to save it, he kind of undoes it in this song with that whiny shit. So the song was just meant to me.
2: Yeah, I, I I will agree with Sonny. I feel like this is more of a sister song to No Time to Lose, regardless of whatever it is. I think it's a great tune. Upbeat, classic, late 70s rocker. You know, it's got that riff, uh, it's got the groove. Another song that is perfect for Bonnet's voice. Sonny, I'll agree with you a little bit there on that little uh, that little pre-chorus thing where he's kind of like, eh, kind of whining a little bit. Didn't need that, um, but th- I, I like the solo. The song's a little too long. Cut back, okay? We don't need that. We, we don't. We don't need. We don't need extra here. Just, just give us the song and get in and get out. Uh, but I, I like this one a lot. It's a, it's a standout one for me on an album that doesn't have many songs to begin with. That seeing that we're on the eighth and final track of the album.
1: All right, Lost in Hollywood. Um the drum intro is fucking insane. Yep. Uh the keyboard solo and then into Richie's solo. I love that shit. Pete, that's the kind of shit that was on previous Rainbow albums. So Danger Zone and Lost in Hollywood, I feel leftovers from the previous administration and they just changed the lyrics. Danger Zone and Lost in Hollywood. I, uh, you know, I'm not a big kid yeah. on the titles. Uh the it's hard rock and the vocals and drums and guitar just insane see here's what i wrote i'm the opposite of you guys again as always <laughs> last time i saw your face and then the other one is i think pale stars that never i love that shit i love that it works for me That's i love why how he, he goes I, I love how he changes that and he sings along with it oh yep fucking and he goes right back into the track i like how he changes it up a little bit okay um these two Songs specifically This is um, Martin's favorite rainbow song of all time He wow. loves these two songs Loves these two songs This is his favorite rainbow album Specifically because of those two songs Just putting it out there Not that our friend is always right about Because a lot of shit that I'm like What? That he says so I'm just putting it out there That's why he always does it And if you see his awesome video that he does on the Contrarians Where he's like Yeah the best album by Rainbow is is um, down to earth, and the guy with him is like, "Are you fucking insane?" <laughs> I love,
2: I, I love, I love Martin. I, I listen to his uh, podcast every week on uh, Pantheon Podcast History and Five Songs. He's awesome. Yeah, he's got some quirky musical tastes. and yeah. and, and, and I mean that with all the best intentions. No, so, and, and it's interesting to hear his take yeah. on a lot of the stuff because he knows the shit Absol- inside. Oh. Oh, I could listen to him forever. Talk yeah.
1: about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Zeppelin, Deep Purple and all yep. this shit. Black Sabbath. He knows this shit inside out. No but, doubt. Uh, to him, these are the songs that really stand out and about his rock. And he says, this is the misnomer that this is a pop album or a hard rock. He goes, take out the fucking singles. OK, everything here is blazing rock to him. So. He brings up a good point that th- and that is that and it gets a misnomer that it's JLT type material. It's Correct. not. Correct. I always found that this album was right in the middle. I found it's rainbow without the Dungeons and Dragon, which I like.
2: Yeah, that's no, a good so, point. Yep. Anyways, those are the tracks. All eight of them. First of all, an album with eight tracks is an EP where I come from. So if I, was, if I was paying full price for this fucker back in 79, I would have been pissed. So what are you going to do it's, when we do Rainbow Rising with six songs?
0: It's side A from where Tommy comes from. Although, you know, although everything's got to be fucking loaded. You got to remember, and, uh,
1: guys, this is why they did it back then, because they went by vinyls. could only hold so much. So if you do eight songs and some of them are fucking eight minute songs, that's why you only have eight songs.
2: What about when I what if, what if I what pick, about uh, you? What? <laughs> What if I what happens when I pick hemispheres by Rush? It has four songs on it. Yeah. That's the it. First song, I don't like it. Second song, I do not I like don't it. like it. <laughs> well, the fir- well, the first song on <laughs> Hemispheres is 18 minutes long. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll so, see,
1: yeah. is it an EP? No, because it's uh, Rush. Yeah, that's my point though. But, that, but 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 it's an 18 minute song. Yeah, but this is if you look at the time length on the album, I think it's probably generic with Kiss albums at the time probably about i don't know let me look
2: down to earth 36 minutes
0: that's That's longer than the first five (laughs) van halen albums i think
2: that is that's a good point van halen (laughs) van halen was yeah that's true they were dropping like two and a half three minute songs for a while good point um 33 minutes for kiss rock and roll over tom 34 minutes for destroyer uh your favorite love gun 32 minutes it's all yeah but you but you're talking about the time. I'm talking about the number of songs. Yeah, but who cares? They go by the,
1: you know. That's why it's not an EP because the songs. are If that they long. cut Eyes of the World in half, yeah, that's or all about- together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. See, that was a wow. layup for Sunny, and you didn't let yeah. me down.
1: That was um, the alley oop, and you two-handed it. But it's still, uh, you know, I guess you would go. I think I would assume you go by song length. That's why you have fucking yeah. Song remains the same. Is four fucking albums. Yeah. You're like, how the fuck is it four albums? Daisy Confuse is one one. 20 minutes side. long. Yeah. it's one side. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. It. Yep.
1: Anyways. So before we get to ranking the songs, final thoughts. Let's start with Sonny.
0: Okay. So I like some Rainbow. Um, some of the stuff on this album has some flashes of what I like. I like the Joe Turner Rainbow a little bit better. I like deal Rainbow sprinkled in. But overall. Rainbow's kind of like UFO to me. I don't get it. Graham Bonnet had four different chances to connect with me. He played with Ingve and Alcatraz. I didn't like it. He played with Vi and Alcatraz. I didn't like it. He played with Impeletary, who's nobody ever heard of. I didn't like it. He played with Bob Kulik. I didn't like it. But then I'm listening to this album, and it's really not Graham that's the problem to me overall. It's actually Richie. Stephen Michael has has accused me of not respecting history. He's probably right. Cause I don't give two shits about Richie Blackmore. I don't like his guitar playing. I don't think it's flashy enough. I don't think it's loud enough. It doesn't sound right to me. Thank you for, you know, influencing all the guitar players I love. But if I never heard Richie Blackmore ever play again, it'd be just fine with me. Sorry.
2: See, I'm going to comment on that a little bit. And I think that's one of the problems with this album is that for somebody like myself that is a Richie Blackmore fan, I don't want to listen to this album. Because to me, it's just a little bit of generic noodling. It's not bad, but if I want to hear Richie Blackmore, I'm probably going to go listen to Rainbow Rising or Long Live Rock and Roll or something where he's kind of really ripping it up and the songs are much not much, but the songs are heavier and more riff and guitar driven than this. This is a, this is a pop album. I, d- I don't mind it. Um, it grew on me at when we, as we listening to it and all I said, as I said, at the beginning of the episode, all I knew about it was all night long. And since you've been gone, I think there's a ton of rockers on here. Some really good British hard rock, you know, that is in that vein of the deep purple and the UFO. I like UFO a lot. I, I'm not a big deep purple fan. I like UFO. And this kind of reminds me of a little bit of both. Um, as I said, Graham's voice is big time hit or miss. The hits are hits. The misses are very big misses for me. Um, but I'm glad Zeus picked an album like this because I knew nothing about it other than those two songs. Um, I, I enjoyed most of this. So for me,
1: um, again, I'm uh, I'm the type that wouldn't pick the easy one, Rainbow Rising. Um, the JLT ones, honestly, I could pick any of those three? Oh yeah those are good and you guys got to learn the deep cuts on those albums fucking excellent I love them all I don't yep. need to fucking not like Dio to because I like Grand Bonnet I don't need to not like fucking Graham Bonnet because I like JLT right. I like them all I don't have yep. a problem with it similar to Kiss I don't need to not like new Kiss because Ace isn't in there it's mm-hmm. just stupid shit if you like it you like him. this is a different band I love this shit I love that th- the fucking, it, it might be a little top heavy, but when it's top heavy, it's because a fucking song like Since You've Been Gone is off the charts to me. Um, I love uh, Graham Bonnet's uh, uh, passion and voice, and I don't even have any of his other Alcatraz shit. I don't care. I, I see this is part of the stuff that we talk about, like getting into new music. Why get into new music? If I like Graham Bonnet's voice, why don't I start looking into some of his pack catalog? Since I love rainbow so much in White Snake, why don't I start digging into Deep Purple's background? That's to me, that to me is exciting. Shit, what is all this shit? Hey, I don't own one fucking Black Sabbath album other than Greatest Hits. Why don't I fucking get into that shit too? Like that's, that's where this is coming from. This is what I want people to say. You'll probably get more people say, I fucking hate this shit, but you'll get a couple that'll be like, I didn't know that. I didn't know who this guy was. I don't like that fucking song. I like this stuff. And they discover it. Next thing you know, they're talking about it. Um, I know our buddy Steve was all giddy about this because we were talking about doing a a rainbow episode coming up with him. Um, And I'm a big fan of rainbow. Uh, I I think, um, you know, each we each have our own little thing. You know, everyone's seen the memes that going around about, you know, music doesn't mean anything. My opinion doesn't need to mean your opinion sucks. Well, Saxon sucks. So I'm sorry. That doesn't mean anything to me, but in, in, in some sense, I can sit there with Sonny and groove along to a song that we see performing live and fucking love it. And then he can sit there and be like, oh, this song sucks. And then I'll sit there some of his shit be like, oh, this is fucking brutal. It doesn't matter. Like it's that's where you give and take. I'm excited to hear what they like, what they don't like. It's okay. You guys need to pick it out. Album Review Crew isn't us fucking fellatioing ourselves over how good Back in Black is. No. it's about finding shit, discovering shit. Somebody bringing up something and be like, you know what? I never heard this. I wouldn't have picked it up if you didn't tell me about this. Holy fuck. This is good. And laughing with friends about music. <laughs> I, with this album, hope that even you guys might say, all right, you, all right. Uh, if I want a rainbow album more like this, I say to you, uh-uh, don't go to straight between go bend out of shape. Go listen to that one. And then you guys pick up a rainbow album or you listen to some deep cuts, you like JLT, listen to those deep cuts on the, listen to the albums. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you the reason, another reason I picked this album is because the other rainbow albums will be coming up. I will do a deal rainbow. I will pick a JLT rainbow album, And I wanted to get on the mix and get this in before the end of the year and get this one started. So uh, I, I enjoyed this album um, for what it is. And sometimes I think, and I don't know, I think Sonny was the same way. Maybe sometimes, we don't pick our favorite albums, but we pick an album that we like and we want to get a discussion. I'm sure Sonny has a lot more favorite albums than Bad English, but he knew he wanted to talk about it. And he likes the album a little, so he threw it out there.
2: Absolutely. Same here.
1: I wasn't expecting you guys to come out of this and be like, holy fuck, where's this album been my whole life? But I want you guys to kind of pick up on something, have a discussion, and then maybe we start fucking – finding something else that we come down the line when we talk every once in a while and be like, you know what? That fucking song has grown on me
3: mm-hmm. or all of a sudden yeah. you're
1: like, you know what? I like that winger album. Well, you know what? that fucking song is, you know, one of the best songs in this we've ever reviewed. That shit happens. It's fun.
0: Yep. Exactly. Oh.
1: Anyway, after that long fucking shit, let's go to the album tracks. I'll start this off. Eight tracks should be pretty simple. Number eight for me. Eyes of the World, just not a big fan.
0: Number eight for me, Eyes of the World, not a big fan. <laughs> number eight for me, without a doubt, maybe the easiest
2: basement dweller here is making love. <laughs> I had that already written in from your
3: comments. Oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs>
1: uh, number seven for me, this is how different we all are. No time to lose.
0: <sighs> number seven for me, that was no Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. I could tell you that right now.
2: Oh, oh th- I love this already. Th- these are the
0: episodes I love. Yeah, these are the
1: episodes where it's like, uh, this song was fourth, first, and ninth yep. <laughs> out of eight songs. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Seven for me, Love's No Friend. Wow. Oh, it gets better or worse, depending on what you think. Uh, six.
1: Ooh, my darling, I want to make love to you. Ooh. Oh
0: god. Uh, six I had. Ooh, you want to make a love? <laughs> six for me, eyes of the world.
1: Five for me. Love's no friend of mine.
0: Uh, five for me is lost in Hollywood.
2: Oh, this this is when the hate mail will start to probably roll in. Five for me is all night long.
1: Um number four for me, danger zone.
0: Uh, Four for me is all night long.
2: Four for me is lost in Hollywood. Three for me,
1: lost in Hollywood.
0: Three for me is no time to lose. Three for me,
2: since you've been gone. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Two for me is all night long.
0: Two for me is Love's No Friend. Oof.
2: Two for me, No Time to Lose. Number one, without a
1: doubt, one of my favorite songs we've ever covered, Since You've Been Gone.
0: Number one, without a doubt, on this album, is Since You've Been Gone. Oh, and I love that my number one is almost
2: Sonny's last. For me, easily the best song, Danger Zone, number one.
0: Wow. Yep. Yep. All right, so we had a tie for third. It was a three way tie for third. Oh, I, I like three ways, which is no time to lose danger zone and lost in Hollywood. Okay, perfect. I like all three. A clear number two was all night long and a clear number one was since you've been gone.
2: Nice. This could be this this could be one of those Twitter polls where it, it's a just it's a it's a blanket beating. Oh, yeah. With, with, since since you been, been gone, it could be 75%. I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher than that. Yeah. Want to bet? <laughs> want to bet? Want to bet? Want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> we need shirts to say, want to bet. <laughs> we get we'll get them. We'll get them. All right. So now we go
1: into album covers. So we've done Appetite for Destruction. Slide it in. OU812. Super Unknown. Pyromania. Load. Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi debut, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Resonance, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English. I'll go first on this one. So number one for me, cover was Hotel California. Number 23 was Load. So, where am I putting this album cover? Um I would put this album cover. I don't hate it as much as you guys. Uh probably I don't know, fucking 15 above sing uh above OU812 and below single soundtrack.
0: Okay? So for me, I had peace of mind at number one and load last. This one is worse than the four pretty girls on the poison album. So this will go second to last right above load at number 23. Wow. Wow. Because I can't get past the cow semen blood thing like that. No. That that one's pretty rough. That's a, that's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. I got number one blizzard of Oz and last was detonator. Uh, and kind of like Sonny, I am putting down to earth at number 20, right below Winger and right above the blood and Cum of load. How the fuck do you have albums? Not just one, you have three albums less than that. That's insane. Less than what? Than load. Yeah, that's because insane. I think, because I think, because I'd rather look <laughs> at um, a cow's come in blood. Then look at the four faces of Van Halen, the five faces of bad English, dude. or the bad artwork of Detonator. Dude,
1: I do not understand the hatred you have. It's the funniest thing. Why do you hate that album so much? It
2: is such an inside joke about why I can't it's stand luck. the ou eight one two so cover. stupid. Come. Because.
1: It's just, it's just headshot. They're not like ugly men. It's just a headshot. It's just,
2: I don't know. I just don't, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's just
1: like. It's like a like if I showed you a group of friends, like these are my friends. Oh, this is the worst picture. I just can't look at them.
2: What's I can't hang out with these. <laughs> I can't hang out with them anymore because of this picture. What, what is wrong with them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's just it. boring. It's all boring. Right. You're you're in Van Halen. <laughs> look like it. <laughs> That's a fucking I, I can't stand it. It's
3: boring.
1: All right, all right. Let's go to album rankings. Oh. All right. So my number one album was Hotel California. My 23rd album was Winger. Ugh. Where the fuck am I putting down to earth? All right. I am putting down to earth at number 15. All right. Under Once Bitten and Above Detonator. The, it is, it, you know, Since You've Been Gone is probably the reason why. It, it just, it propels that album a lot.
0: For me. Okay, cool. For me, Hailstorm was number one. Load was dead last. Oh, Believe geez. it or not, this album, I like 10 and Hotel California better than I like this album. This thing is at number 20 in between 10 and Detonator. Wow. How the because fuck you
1: not like Detonator that low? Oh, my
0: God. Because Piercy... Couldn't sing since you've been gone on his best fucking. <laughs> you, I'm imagining that in my
2: head right now, laughing. Yeah. I know.
1: You don't know, like Stephen Pissy isn't made for certain songs, I guess. But it's no. like the same thing with Ozzy. Ozzy right. does Ozzy Right. But you know, Ozzy's not singing, I don't know, fucking American Pie.
0: <laughs> Thank God. Or I get off by Hailstorm. <laughs> I would love to hear Ozzy <laughs>
1: Little Susie's on the app.
2: Oh, God. All right. My rankings here. Right? Number one, I got Pearl Jam 10. Dead last is that trash heap known as Look What the Cat Dragged In. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm putting down to earth at number 20. It is going below OU812 and above Very Bad English. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were in the end had bad Englishes. You didn't mind that album. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I just that's not good. Wow. Yeah. But like we, we say this all the time. The, the, it's getting, for me, it's getting more, more difficult because we're, we're, we're pulling out some really good albums and some albums look 20 for For an album, I never heard before 20 is pretty good. I think, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't dislike 24 winger. Exactly.
1: exactly. I don't, I, sh- I can listen I sh-
2: to it. And I shit on Look What The Cat Dragged In because it's become an ARC joke. I don't mind that album. It's a fun album if you're in the right mood.
1: Could you imagine if I said to you, fucking, you're not going to get Look What The Cat Dragged In, Tom. You're going to get fucking, I don't know, uh, (laughs) Warren's
2: sixth album released in 2012. What are you like, talking about? It's a great album. It's when they had their first baseball a album. album. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is See, your problem, Sonny.
3: Just it's is. a great go album. Ahead. It's, it's better, great- better than <laughs> all that shit we've been talking about.
2: I didn't even know they had six albums.
3: <laughs> just threw that out
2: there. <laughs> you get my point?
1: Like, look what the cat. You'd be like, please give me that Poison album. Yep, you're right. You're right. But you're go right. ahead. I'm sorry, Sonny. You were saying? No, that was it. All right. Well, this is what we do next. All right, Tom. You want to go
2: first? What makes you rock hard? Okay. So way back in seasons like four, five, six, whatever uh, those up to those first seasons, I was obsessed with The Walking Dead. At the time, it was the greatest show on TV. I loved every episode. It combined everything that I love about TV. It had gore, horror, suspense, action, uh, human drama. The apocalypse, like dealing with that, you know, all that stuff. It was great. It got to the point where I stopped watching because I didn't like the way that the show was going. Um, and now it's it's going to they're going to be doing the final season of The Walking Dead. So I went back and started it from scratch. First season, first episode. And holy shit, I am r- remembering not that I really forgot, but just remembering how unfucking believable of a show that this was, and it is. Just every single episode just flies by. The, the 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 action, the acting, the suspense, the drama, the everything that's going on with the characters and how they evolve and just move into different things. I I, I know I'm getting close to the pot where I kind of cut the cord with the show, but I'm hoping I can power through it again. But for anybody out there that has still kind of missed the boat on The Walking Dead, I will forewarn you, if you have a, a an uneasy stomach, this is about as gore-fest as you can get. It's not even close. This stuff is fucking brutal, even for somebody like me that loves this. Um, but the show is fantastic, and it, it's one of the greatest shows ever made for a reason, in my opinion. So Walking Dead is back for me. Are you caught up? I'm not. I'm not yet. Nope. It's going to take me a while because there's 10 seasons on Netflix, so I'm only in about four right now, and each season is long, about 13, 14 episodes. Have you been watching Fear? I watched the first season of that, and the thing that turned me off for that is the reason why I love Walking Dead, and it was the cast. I didn't like the cast of Fear the Walking Dead. You realize they fucking, like, no one's from that.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, they yeah. everything has changed. That's not bad. Fear of the yeah. Walking Dead's pretty good.
2: I might it's, go, I'm, that's another show I might give another shot, but I, I yeah. gave that a shot. And I, I just couldn't get hooked. It's just different, it's yeah. just different, exactly. Um,
1: yep. Walking Dead for me, I still watch it, Tom. Yeah, um, it got bad. And it, it when he was why when, I when, they, when they got greedy, yep, and then episodes they started expanding the episodes per season and two part seasons, and yep. you're like, dude. Yep. Okay, what did he do? Him and somebody are walking, and they run into a couple walkers, and they're talking about things in their past and stuff. Like, dude, this is not interesting. You're dragging shit out. That's like, when I. That's when I stopped. Be, yeah, it used to be action packed. You watched one episode, a billion things happened. Yep. Right. That's exactly. Yep. Sopranos, Breaking Bad. When you watch the episode, you were hoping. When you were watching it live, you were hoping yep. like is the episode not over. There's still more time. You want to see more. Those episodes, you're like, fuck. How much I'm, in this,
2: this? Uh, I'm in this. I'm in the season right now where Rick and the Governor are about to show down and go to war. Oh, you're way, you're way back then. Uh, see, it. But that's yeah. like, that's like some of the greatest TV ever. And then, like you said, the show just lost its way. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping I can get hooked in because I want to see th- they're finally doing a final season. So
0: yeah, yeah. I tried it. The gore. It's me off. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So for my Rock Hard, I went classic. So I'm flipping through the channels the other day. Movie comes on from 1985. Uh-oh. Brewster's Millions. Dude, oh I love that fucking movie. Amazing. I love that movie so much. Amazing. If you have not watched the Richard Pryor, John Candy, Brewster's Millions, ever or for a while, put it on. It will put a smile on your face. Yep. It is such a fun movie. It's and amazing. for those that haven't seen it, it's basically about You know, Brewster, uh, Richard Pryor has an uncle that dies that he didn't know he had, and he has an opportunity to inherit a million dollars or spend 30 million in 30 days without owning anything to inherit the big $300 million, right? So there's a spin on, you know, the whole money doesn't buy you happiness and, you know he's got a woman he can't have and the money's not buying the woman and you know you finally get to live out your dream because you got money but then you kind of find out you're not as good as you really are like it's got all that in a very comedic fashion the movie holds up yeah. after 36 years it actually holds up When was and, the last and, th- you guys seen this right oh i've seen yeah. it a million times and one of the and one of the big catches to the movie is that richard pryor can't
2: tell anyone Right. Remember? He yeah. can't tell anybody why he's pissing away this money on stupid shit. Everyone's like, what are you doing? You're freaking crazy. He's like, oh, you know, but he always he finds little loopholes and it gets creative and it gets hilarious. It, it's a it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So for me, um, I
1: was thinking about what I was going to pick this week and this is November. So I don't know when we're going to do the next uh, album review crew episode could be before Christmas could be afterwards, but anyways, from here on is probably Christmas season. Uh, Tom bought a couple uh, LPs.
2: You bought four of them. You posted it on Twitter. What did you buy? I bought, uh, so to increase my Christmas vinyl collection, I added uh, Bing Crosby, White Christmas, the Jackson 5 Christmas album, which was huge in college. Uh, Elvis Presley, Christmas, a new one, uh, Walmart, like a Christmas Yeah. Uh, uh, Vinyl, like you know, sparkle thing, and then um, then the soundtrack to the Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, and then I I have I have a I have a whole subsection of of Christmas music. My, my my wife and I we listen to Christmas music all the time. Not now. I have a rule where I wait until after Thanksgiving. But we have a turntable upstairs in the living room, and then I have the big setup in the basement, so we listen to it all the time. But anyways, yeah, the
1: classic Elvis album came out in 1957 as Elvis's Christmas album. Yeah, it's got some gospel kind of music in there too in a little bit yep. but that has that's the moment now there are a bunch of compilations and all sorts of shit all over the place but anyways but my thing for me is uh you sent this picture up i, I interested in, i sent it to you yeah for anybody who's interested in a great classic christmas album for me my favorite one has bing crosby's "Wintercraft," uh, uh white christmas but i love It's an album called Bing Crosby's Christmas Classics. It -hmm. came out in 1962. I've had the CD for quite some time. They added some extra stuff. So it's got songs like Winter Wonderland, Have Yourself a Merry Christmas, Little Drummer Boy, Holy Night, Frosty the Snowman. Uh, Do You Hear What I Hear? It also has the newer version, Song 14. Peace on Earth, the little drummer boy that he does with David Bowie.
2: Fantastic. Which
1: everybody knows from the MTV that weird shit. Yep. Oh, you're the poor relation from, uh, what does he say, across across the way. Yeah. Hey, I'm Bing.
2: Like, like he thinks <laughs> yeah. he's like John Wayne. He's like, what's up? I'm Bing. Speaking of assholes, we're talking about Richie Blackmore. Read up about Bing Crosby. All <laughs> oh, his
1: kids fuck. killed themselves. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that guy was fucking father brutal. Father of the year. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I
1: think some comedian had that. Got fucking beat up like Bing Crosby's kids at Christmas. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, the reason I also want to mention this is because it has my favorite Christmas song. Well, one of. And that's The Littlest Angel. It's track number six beautiful little song about a little baby that you know a little angel that you know all stuff and he gets into like fucking jesus and shit like that but it's a beautiful song and he sings it so well and the chorus and the background singers that he always has listen to that song it's my favorite i keep saying that i shouldn't say that there's a there's a bunch of other christmas songs one of them is by the temptations uh that i fucking love as well uh which is someday at christmas which is the famous Stevie Wonder song. Yes. But the temptation versions, they have Melvin Franklin, the bass singer, mouth the words, and he talks them while the beat, while the temptations are singing in the background. Listen to that track. Someday at Christmas by the temptation. But the reason I'm, I'm telling you, if you're buying a Christmas album, look for Bing Crosby's Christmas classics. It, it, those songs like uh, the littlest angel and peace on earth, with a little drummer boy makes it a must have in my in my
2: opinion beautiful beautiful christmas music excellent excellent and i love christmas music but i listen to it during the season my wife is already listening to it now in the car thanks yeah, to Sir- I, thanks to Sirius XM and their 900 different christmas genre musics i have a music christmas, genres
1: yeah i have a christmas playlist with if i like the artist i want to hear christmas songs like i love rod stewart I like as soon as I is Christmas, album got to get it. Yep. So Taylor Swift, a bunch of country artists, George Strait, like you name it. I have it. Perry Como's Christmas. I have all the notes
0: as a great one. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Yes,
1: Frank, Frank Sinatra's Elvis, Martina McBride's Christmas album. Yep. She did so well in that Christmas. Now she tours and does a Christmas fucking tour
2: around that time just because her Christmas
1: shit sell out so much. I love this
2: stuff. One of my favorite Christmas CDs that I found on vinyl last year. They did a special red vinyl Christmas rap. Yes. It's got Run DMC on it. It's got all that stuff. Oh, great stuff. I I, I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. Alan Jackson. Here's another one. Great. And why has
2: Kiss not embraced that? Isn't it obvious? Merry Christmas. Because everyone's Jewish. So. You have to be Catholic or Christian to sing Christmas music? No, because it's not on their fucking radar. It's Christmas song. It, it, it's like, aren't Christmas it's albums, not Christmas albums. on their radar. Aren't Christmas albums about making money?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, how you got that. But I'm I just mean,
2: saying, I'm pretty sure Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a non-denominational holiday <laughs>
1: song. Everybody's
2: <laughs> driving around Santa. I don't
1: know. Anyway, um because they're all Jewish. Well, they're not all of them, but I'm like, that's why they're not doing Christmas. I, you got to be know. a
0: preacher to sing Winter Wonderland. I don't know. I don't know. But there are a lot of good Jewish <laughs> They sing fucking Hanukkah sings. songs with
1: Adam Sandler. I don't know. Fucking there are some Jewish people that sing some great Christmas music. So I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Is Anyways. Johnny
2: Mathis Christian? I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
1: <laughs> That's the best line. <laughs> when, when, he, when somebody was on Chris Rock's show, and he's like, you don't hear Johnny Mathis singing, oh, baby. I want I want to do me and fuck you, and this and that. And then Chris Rock's like, not to no woman he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. Oh
2: my god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, it's the end of the show, so we always go to famous last words.
0: You guys got any? No way when you're feeling that way will your feet get caught up in the crowd. And the song that you sing is too soft to be heard, but your speakers are way too loud. Wow. That's what that means. I have no idea.
2: Sorry, they didn't either. I I have some pretty basic uh, Paul Stanley-ish lyrics right here to send you away with. When I look into your magic eyes, the mirror of my love, I like to see you smiling back at me. It makes me feel so good. (laughs) So Good. So good fucking that is that. like you you would talk about third grade guitar riffs. that's third grade <laughs> lyrics right there. <laughs> you think? <laughs> all right, Roger. here we go.
1: um this one has made all the women fucking love them. You're sort of young, but you're over age. I don't care because I like your style. Don't know about your brain, but you look all right.
2: <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah.
1: Sonny, <laughs> thank you. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters,
0: thank you. Always a great hang. Always a great time. Can't wait till next month. Guys, this is always a blast. I
2: love doing these. Zeus, thank you for picking kind of a uh, dark horse of, a, of an album here. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, next month is our final group pick. Surprise because starting in 2022, it is just individual picks only. So next month will be a big one for us. Peace out, Girl Scout.